So I wasn't really smooth with the fade out or anything this time. But uh, can you Who hear are you calling a five head? Uh, so <laughs> it's the legend of the ever-increasing forehead, right? So if everybody has a forehead, then somebody who has a forehead that's a little more than everybody else's would have a five head or perhaps a six head or a seven head even. I have met an eight head. And usually you only meet an eight head when they have a receding hairline. Uh, But not this one, no. Like, mine goes to, like, 11, right? Just (laughs) because I don't have, you know. Which is why it's uh, real funny you calling me a five head. I know, right? Like, wait a minute. You're a bald dude and you're calling me a five head? What what the fuck is going on? How dare you? Yes. Uh, This is Beard Talk Live, episode 10. I should just mention that as we just casually roll into talking about whatever. (laughs) whatever Uh, We're uncensored. So we should get uh, we should get this out of the way. Are you ready? Shit, Shit piss, piss, fuck, fuck cunt, cunt cocksucker, motherfucker, and, and tits. tits. Right, that is the the mantra, the seven words that George Carlin famously got arrested for. Did we even say that last time? Because I know we meant to. Yeah, yeah we did. Okay, but much later in the episode, it took us. I'm like, oh, hey, you know what? We haven't done. <laughs> we haven't said the seven fucking words. So we said the seven fucking words. Uh, you're listening. And to- in case you notice an egregious amount of cussing, it's mostly because we have to deal with the FCC <laughs> the rest of the time. So. I, we we just got done doing uh, tonight's episode of Free Talk Live uh, before this show, which is FCC. You know, you can't cuss. Compliant. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, during that show, uh, you know, we go around, we say who we are, and at some point, I said uh, egregious Philbin. And now, like, why? Do you say that, Captain? Where did that it's come hilarious. from? Yes, of course. But like Regis Philbin was a guy who was pretty famous. He did, you know, a bunch of stuff. You know, oh yeah, I forget uh, he's not on TV anymore. Right, right. And, God, I'm old. Yeah, no, wait, and he's dead. I guess you know. I, Apparently, I know. which I literally thought was impossible. Like I was pretty convinced that he was like an android or an alien because he'd spent the last like <laughs> my entire <laughs> lifetime not aging at. At all, even a little bit, yeah, and and not the like standard not aging that you get in Hollywood, where you're like your face slowly tightens over a course of surgeries, yep. But like, no, he just legitimately did not age forever, and I, I just assumed he was going to continue to be a pillar of media forever, and then no, dead, dead. Who will celebrate the new year now? Who well, will have morning shows? Yeah, so um, the word egregious is, it's a cool word. I like it a lot. And for whatever reason, that word popped into my brain at some point uh, this week. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then just because Regis Philbin was already, you know, a household name, basically, when I in my head, when I said the, the word egregious, just the word Philbin just like popped into my head. And then I thought to myself, this would have been a great name for like a punk band, you know, in, I don't know, anywhere between 75 and 2000, right? It just would have been a great punk band name because you would have taken advantage of an already household word and then threw a different word in front of it so that you're not violating copyright, you know, and then egregious Philbin, like, you know. What does egregious you know, even mean? Oh, uh, like too terrible. Too terrible? Yeah. So like there's more terrible, than terrible, and then there's too terrible. It's like, yeah. that was terrible. No, it was egregious. Yes. I see. 
Like, that was an awful and reckless and horrible abuse of power. In fact, that was an egregious abuse of power. So the uh, the opening music, I, I changed it up again this week. Uh, instead of using Psycho Sticks, uh, Obey the Beard. Uh, th- this song actually popped up on one of my, I think my Pandora, you know, one of these listening apps. Uh, Sacred Reich. Uh, they have an entire album from 1993 called Independent, and that was the uh, the title track from that uh, pretty good chorus. Uh, Let me be, I live by my own rules, you know, kind of. Gotta you know, say, I would not click on a thing that has Reich in the title. Sacred Reich. Yeah, that makes me less likely to click on it. There was also a, another. So now they're not just Nazis, they're occult Nazis. Well, Reich isn't specific to Nazis. It kind of is. There's, like one like, third of the Reichs are Nazi. Like like Reich is also a last name. Yeah. So poor bastards have uh, had okay. their name. No, like there's sullied. there's people today whose last name is Reich. That's right? true. So, uh, and I think of the Nazis the every time I see that name. There was also a, because it's heavy metal, right? Uh, there was also a, a band called Third Reich uh, that you know out of the eighties and which kind of I thing. guess you don't think that's Nazi either. I mean, I don't know, like about that about those guys. Like, I I wasn't really a big fan of theirs, so I didn't. I never really um, like you know indulged. Okay, l- allow me to lay some education but on my, you. My point the is, Third Reich is literally what the Nazi regime called themselves. My my point is that um, there are uh, many bands who use the word Reich, not just these guys. Anyway, I like this particular album because all of their songs are about freedom. Uh, independent, yeah, it, it would have been free, my loss, but I didn't. Click just on like it. that, supremacy. If only crawling pressure, product, open book. Do it. These are just the song titles. Off they of have this another. Album. They have a song. Uh, wait, what's the name of the band? Sacred Reich. And they have a they have a song called Supremacy. They do. I'm getting a little worried about you now, man. Why? Are you hanging out in the pipeline? Uh, have, have you been clicking on on Stormfront sites? Pipeline is the song that uh, Anthrax covered. Uh. Uh, well, you you know about the pipeline problem, right? The pipeline problem. Yeah, yeah. So pipelines uh, only have one problem. <laughs> is it? Can we reduce it down to the ridiculous where pipelines only have one problem and it's the pipeline problem? <laughs> I, I don't understand. What are you talking about? Okay, what are you so, talking about, Peakless? Okay, so uh, there is a. There's a certain tendency for a certain personality type to move from libertarianism to like hard right, ultra white nationalist Nazidom. Yeah, that only exists in like one person that I'm aware of. Well, one person that you've known personally. N- no. Oh, you that was before your or, uh, before your time. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the former host of the, uh, yeah, of Free Talk Live. Yeah. yeah. The guy who's in jail now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm aware of that guy. I've actually never met him. Mm. Uh, I've had uh, a conversation with him on the show when he called in from jail one time, uh, and there was just you know a little bit of back and forth, and that was it. Right. Um, so to say that that is a pipeline <laughs> or a problem, I mean, well. is there further evidence for this? Because oh yeah, because I what I see instead of what you're describing, uh, what I see is. Um, People who are already like far right leading or whatever going, oh, this libertarianism thing sounds pretty good to me. And they come over to libertarianism because of, you know, it sounds pretty good, right? It sounds like spot on with the non-aggression principle and all that. 
right? It sounds, but then they go, oh, wait, I can't be a racist asshole <laughs> and be a libertarian. So you mean I, gotta... I can't be a libertarian and exterminate like whole races of people. Right. Hmm. Well, one of these has got to go. Right. And so that's, that's my feeling on the thing. Like libertarianism or anarchism, as I like to refer to it as like, mm. you know, I, the word libertarianism makes you think the libertarian party or at least that's what it makes me think and uh, that isn't what should happen mm. libertarianism should always be lowercase l in my opinion uh and it should be a philosophy not uh you know a group of people you know involving themselves in politics somehow uh if you want to have a group that's fine like i understand where the the issue comes in but to me uh, libertarianism is uh really fighting against the state right if if everything is uh, individually agreed upon with consent uh, then there is no need for this large uh, behemoth of an organization that does nothing but murder and steal known as government so uh, so what i see is i see like libertarianism the philosophy attracting people from all different political realms right we see folks come from the left from the right from the center from you know every possible extreme ideology you know otherwise intelligent people you know who are articulate and can think and they come over to libertarianism because they're like oh this is attractive i i you know this sounds like it could be and it does it really does it's just that folks can't seem to get out of their own way well, I mean, it sounds amazing because it is amazing. And like the idea of the non-aggression principle is something that no one ever debates against. Right. I mean, of all of the attacks on libertarianism that exist, and there are darn near infinite from what I've seen, but of all the attacks, they never take head on the philosophy of don't hurt people and take their stuff. Right. Including threatening people so that you can hurt them and take their stuff. Right. And if you just take that phrase, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. If you just take that phrase with you in everywhere you go in life, you come very quickly to realize that there's a whole bunch of useless shit in this world. You come very quickly to realize. I did. I realized pretty. Like, as soon as I was like, hmm, if I do apply this seemingly kindergarten, you know, learning philosophy, right? Something like Dr. Seuss, you think, would, you know, sort of teach you. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, well, wait, if I'm responsible for making my own decisions, then why do I need this whole other thing in my life? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the difference of what you're applying is universality. So it's not just that you apply this theory of don't hit people and take their stuff. Uh, it's that you apply the same standard of behavior to agents of government as to non-agents of government. Yeah, that's true. And uh, That's really what it comes to. So, okay, uh, two things I really wanted to point out about uh, the whole uh, 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 pipeline problem. So uh, you'd pointed out that uh, uh, libertarianism is attractive to a lot of people who are uh, very hard right leaning in the first place, right? Or left or I mean, like it like it attracts people from all different ideologies. Mm, okay. Well, so th the reason that uh, that libertarian circles in particular are attractive to people whose uh, political ideology is completely unacceptable in in polite society, yeah. is because we won't use we won't initiate force to stop them. 
So, like, if you want your town to be a sundown town, we will not initiate force to stop you from doing that, to stop you from putting up a bunch of signs that say, you know, uh, various forms of don't be here when the sun goes down. Right. Now, we will use force once you've initiated force. Like, okay, they happen to be in an area that either doesn't belong to anyone or belongs to someone that is fine with them being there. But still, that area is too close to your area, and then you, you know, hang them. Well, then you absolutely deserve all of the raining fires of hell to come across you. Yeah. Like, at that point, you have initiated force. There is nothing in the non-aggression principle about responding with less force. That's true. That's true. And the difference between, like... I don't know, like maybe the hippies, right? And libertarians is that libertarians are not necessarily pacifists. In fact, they're necessarily non-pacifists as long as they believe that you are within your rights to defend yourself and your property. Mm-hmm. And and that's the difference between like a pacifist and a libertarian, mm-hmm. right? A pacifist would just not respond with violence when violence is upon them. Right. Whereas a libertarian, while they may not respond with violence when when violence is brought upon them, they also may. And well, they that's part of the, that's the like difference between the pacifist philosophy and the libertarian philosophy is that libertarianism says you're within your rights to defend yourself, your family, your property. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it largely as libertarians recognize the difference between inside civilization and outside civilization yeah so inside civilization you haven't you haven't used force or fraud against anyone else you have you haven't you haven't hurt anyone you haven't taken their stuff right okay well as long as that's true i'm not allowed to do certain things i'm not allowed to hurt you and take your stuff but where the libertarian recognizes that once you aggress against me or anyone else, you have left civilization. The pacifist makes no such recognition. And that's why okay. and that's why a libertarian philosophy is practical where a pacifist philosophy is not. Because a libertarian philosophy does not require that anyone else behave by it. It just requires that if you want me not to use force against you when I can, that you have to abide by it. Right. Whereas in order for pacifists to continue to exist, other people have to choose not to aggress against them. Right. That's true. Well, right. Yeah. In order for them to continue to exist, right? Because if there was a, you know, some sort of a gathering of pacifists and somebody didn't like pacifists, want to take them all out, but there they go. Right. So long pacifists. Whereas, if there was a group of libertarians gathered somewhere, like, oh, I don't know, the state of New Hampshire, for example, uh, and uh, there are people who didn't like libertarians, it wouldn't be so easy to take them out because libertarians do, of course, believe in self-defense and, in fact, you know, are prepared to defend themselves most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, you know, there are more guns in New Hampshire than, well, many states, and uh, I would be willing to bet that the libertarians have a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, I I would be surprised if anyone had us beat even per capita. Yeah. I mean, maybe Wyoming just because there's like four people there. And the gun laws here are so, I mean, so, oh my God. Like, I thought it was cool. Constitutional? And, uh, I mean, just. I mean, almost. Free. Like, 
oh, I don't need a license to concealed carry. I can just concealed carry wherever I go and whatever I do. And I mean, there's a couple exceptions. Like, I don't think you can go to the courthouse, you know, or at least through the, the metal detector. Yeah, no, there, it's it's, it's not but, completely constitutional because, OK, if you wanted to be fully constitutional, then you couldn't stop me from having a nuke. That's true. Yes. I mean, there, there would yeah. be literally no laws against guns because, like, the wording in the, you know, the, the Second Amendment is infringed, which if you think like, oh, those tassels on the very edge of the thing, yes, that's called the fringe. Right. That's where the fringe is. So, right. like, a fringe idea, it's way out here on the edge. That's where you're not supposed to get to in screwing up my ability to have weaponry. Yeah. Or defenses. Because the word arms means both armor and armament. Right. So you are not supposed to even begin it also to means stop limbs. me from having nuclear weapons. It also means limbs. If you're going to follow the Constitution. And if you want to follow the spirit of the law, then you have to buy me a nuclear submarine so I can keep up with you. <laughs> I have often said that uh, if, if the United States government really was concerned about its citizens' safety, right? And this is in the, you know, in the throes of all these shootings and, you know, school shootings and theater shootings and mall shootings and cop shootings and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, if they really cared about your safety, they would, in fact, give you a gun and ammunition because mm -hmm. uh, every, every military strategist knows, military strategy 101, they know that the most difficult area to take over is one where the citizenry is heavily armed. Yeah. So if the if the government actually cared about you and your safety, uh, there would be mandatory gun training in public schools. Uh, there would be mandatory armament, self-defense, right? Taekwondo, karate, whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? You'd be able to select that. Uh, you'd be able to like, you know, oh, are you drawn to a particular type of firearm? Oh, well, you go take this class over here, right? There'd be, you know, variety for you to choose from for what you're, you know, what were you good at? Oh, I was good at the pistol or I mm -hmm. was good at the long rifle or whatever, right? You know, so you'd be able to like tailor that to your proclivities or whatever, uh, whatever you're most interested in or drawn to. Uh, amongst other things, archery, right? I know that that exists in some schools and high schools, like mm -hmm. middle school, high school still to this day, but some of them, they've gotten rid of that because, oh, it's dangerous. We don't want, you'll shoot your eye out, kid, you know, mm -hmm. Christmas story type deal. But yeah, I mean, all of these things would exist and be mandatory in public schools if government actually gave a fuck about you. And right. they don't. Right. They don't. They want and, more for themselves and less for you. And, you know, imagining something that's actually possible because if you have a government then they honestly believe that some group needs to have a monopoly on the initiation of force right now we on the other hand don't believe that but i do believe in making it socially mandatory so with social mandatory you just you don't deal with people who don't do that so like i would absolutely say that it is socially mandatory that you don't beat your pet Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to, like, knock down your door and abduct you to a cold room and keep you tortured and away from your family because you hit your pet. There are some dog lovers who would do that. There certainly are, and that's a violation of non-aggression. I'm sorry, dogs are not actually human beings. They are not—you uh, can't make a contract with them, they cannot follow the non-aggression principle, and you can't have the same expectations of a human being that you—of a dog. 
at any rate. That being I, said, don't beat your dogs. That being said, I do not want to be anywhere near people who beat their dogs. Those are terrible people who will do terrible things in other... It's it, For me, it's a warning sign. It's a canary in the cold mine like, oh, you're cruel. Yes. That means you will end up being cruel to me. Right. And while you're currently holding off on being abominable... That will not last forever. So for for me, that's that's just a, a warning sign. That's like, okay, get the hell out of here. Well, do not ever help this person. And the other thing it says is that the person being cruel has been cruel too previously. Right. Because that's where you learn that shit from. Yeah. Somebody true. needs to be cruel to you, and then so like this particular imaginary person is in the middle of continuing the cycle of abuse, mm-hmm. right? He himself has been abused and, you know, watched, you know, whomever his uh, parental units were abusing dogs and he thinks that's the right way. And so he goes ahead and does those same things. Same thing happens with child abuse. Same thing happens with any sort of, uh, you know, emotional trauma or any type of uh, physical abuse, mm-hmm. right? It gets perpetuated as a cycle until somebody consciously becomes aware of it and stops it. Yeah. Cruelty and empathy are both languages. Yeah. And if you are not around that language, you will never learn to speak it. All right. Uh, we'll get to your calls in just a minute. Some people have called and gone away, and there's at least one person holding right now. Oh, no. Uh, 603-283-6160. I did uh, a little you know, social media, put up a thing, you know, say, hey, we're going to be on again. So uh, hopefully that helps. Uh, I want to do. I do want to thank uh, our previous uh, show listeners for listening and, and joining us and tuning into this show because absolutely, uh, I really enjoy this show. Um, one of my pet peeves of of Free Talk Live is that I can't say fuck, I can't say shit, I can't you know the, the FCC words. And so, how am I supposed to tell you when I need some fucking emphasis on what well, I'm saying? And like that's how I fucking talk, right? Like I if you mean. meet me in my daily life, I'm like fuck shit, fuck piss, what or whatever, right? You know. And like I try to tone it back a little bit, particularly if I'm if I'm in a professional situation, right? I I can switch it off, right? But it's it's so dumb that I have to, mm-hmm. right? Free speech, my ass. Right, if, if free speech yeah. were a thing, I wouldn't have to have a switch in my head that I go mentally turn off the cussing. Yeah, how the fuck did we lose that? Because obviously we didn't have this long before I was born, or there wouldn't be an FCC. Right. But okay, this was obviously so, we were so smart about this that we realized, huh, if we want to not shoot each other, we should be allowed to talk to each other instead. Right. And if we're not allowed to say certain things, then we can't talk to each other about those things. <laughs> right. Yes. Once upon a time, we were smart enough to realize that, yeah. and we encoded in it, like, right before the whole you're allowed to have guns thing, Well, it that, like, the reason, the reason that you're allowed to be capable of greater violence is so that you can protect our possibility of not having to use it at all. Right. Yeah. And it, it of course, is a byproduct of uh, the technology known as broadcasting. Mm. Right. Like, you know, communicating one-on-one, telegraph, right, early telephone, right. you know, that, that kind of thing where it's a one-on-one communication. That's not broadcasting, right? So you can still say whatever the fuck you want, and you largely always have been able to do so in a one-on-one communication environment. Uh, but 
broadcasting when it's a one to many, mm-hmm. right? Uh, two guys sitting in a studio broadcasting to you know many people, hundreds, thousands, whoever, or however many people are listening, uh, is when somebody along the lines got upset, right? Somebody said something that somebody got butt hurt by, and they complained, and they went, "Okay, you guys, you can't be," and they started laying down rules about what can and can't be said. Unfortunately, instead of the market dictating those things, right? Because if there's somebody out there that prefers not to hear me say shit, piss, cunt, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits, uh, they have this thing called choice. And that is they can, oh, stop listening to this program right now if they have a problem with me saying any of those words. And that's how the market should work. Mm-hmm. Right? The market should be like, oh, guess what? You know, We lost 700 uh, viewers uh, in one night alone because you said fuck. Uh, if and you, that's you, going you know. to naturally moderate it, too. Right. Because like, if this program, where we're allowed to say those words, was nothing but those words, right. well, that gets awful boring really quick. Who wants to listen to three hours of that? No one. No one. Not even nobody. Not even nobody. <laughs> but... But okay, uh, uh, somewhere between continuous stream of foul language and zero foul language, somewhere in the middle there is where people are actually comfortable, you know, imbibing information. Yeah. And the only way to find out exactly where that is, is to let the people decide. Yeah. And sure, some people are going to be like, no, my, my correct zone is zero. Yeah. Okay, well, you're not going to listen to my fucking show, are you? Right. And what I don't like is that the FCC is seemingly in the workplace, right? Now, the workplace is not necessarily a place of broadcast. I'm talking about, like, office environment, right? And sometimes in in other work environments as well. But I think largely the trades, you know, if you're working in the trades, you're cussing. Mm-hmm. Pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, at work, like while you do your job. But in the office environment, the FCC seemingly exists there because it's mm-hmm. taboo. Oh, yeah. For you to say any of those seven words and some other words too while you're at it. And so you have to, like, you have to act, right? In, in a real office well, environment, you have to put on an act. In most trades, you might end up bleeding. You know, like you're working on the HVAC or you're working on a car or whatever yep. and something slips yep. and suddenly you're bleeding. You go, motherfucker. Right. And we have research to show that you literally can take more pain as long as you're cussing. Yeah. It's one of those weird things about how we're built. Yeah. The fact that you're allowed to express your discomfort makes the discomfort a little bit less uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah, the trades it's it's fine to do that. Whereas the the most likely injury that you're going to have in a in a white collar environment is a paper cut. Yeah, and it's it's a breaking decorum yeah, if I mean, you start screaming in a uh, of a paper I've, cut. I've had some motherfucking paper cuts, if you know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> a paper cut so so paper cutty that you're like motherfucker, because you know. Uh, sometimes well, man, the paper cut man, you know, that's and all I'm in saying. An, and in an office. That happens too. I've been like uh, punched in the face and been not been like motherfucker, but like I've had a paper cut and been like motherfucker. Yeah, paper cuts are bizarre because they're like the dullest cut you will ever receive. But um, but the thing is, like in an office, it's so rare for that to happen that the the social environment just doesn't expect you to to cuss at a moment's notice. So there, so yeah. it's very jarring in that environment. So yeah, absolutely. The FCC, which is about as white collar as it gets, oh. is is used to that environment. 
All right, uh, let's do what we do here on Beard Talk Live. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? I'm the one your mother warned you about. Are you on speakerphone again? Uh-huh, he is on speakerphone. Yes, yes, yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah. Are that is there? the sigh of hey, you cut there me. We go. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, who the fuck well, is this? Be on hold for an hour and a half and then expect me to not be on speaker? <laughs> Yeah, actually, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the expectation. Well, number one, well outlined. Yes, yes we well do. Said, yes. Number two, <laughs> an hour and a half. Really? No, you were not. Well, for that okay. Long. So it was a half of that. It was one third of that. We haven't even been broadcasting for a half hour yet. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're, maybe if, just. If you've been on the phone for more than half an hour, that is your fault, not ours. <laughs> Uh, uh, Hell, this... I've been on the toilet for more than half an hour. Is that where well, you're yeah, calling I from? I don't want to we'll know about that. We'll not discuss how full of shit I am because that would be a subject for another day, now, wouldn't it? Aha, uh-huh, which is why you're not on the toilet now. Because you're not about to be less full of shit, are you? Well, I've always been full of it, but oh. I have something to, d- to contribute. And you guys know that. I've been full of it, but I have something to contribute. You're going to contribute to our delinquency? Uh, I probably have. We might have been <laughs> on our street corner 50 years ago. <laughs> well, that's interesting because, well, I'm only 50 years old. So, If we well, have, I look amazing been, for my age. I do you look could have been age. that baby in the Dave Chappelle. <laughs> 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 All right, well, go ahead and contribute, Major. Well, I don't know. What would you like guys like to talk about? Sasquatch, grizzly bears, um, the, your politician there, the, the general that's running in your state. I think Wait that a minute. would be a good place to start. You just gave me an idea, Major. Sasquatch for president. Hey, I'd vote for him. Right? Let's get a campaign for Sasquatch to become president. Because I, I would prefer Sasquatch to any human. Definitely. Well, hell, we still we we've always he had would veto the everything. Man. Sorry, what? We've always had the Invisible Man. That is a spy. Look at Mike. He's a spy. Oh, you're cutting out there, Major. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. You suddenly got really low and quiet. Can you not hear me? There well, we that's go. That's better. Not sure what. All right. What well, you're I, doing I, I might have got it too far away. I, I will say that, especially during his campaign, Biden has been the invisible man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's been the blathering fucking idiot, is what he's been. Holy fuck, his man. whole campaign he hid in the basement. Honestly, and I, he supposedly beat Trump by, I don't know, five million votes or well, something. Well, that's shit. because Damn. it was Trump he was beating. Like, have you listened to that guy talk or tweet or do anything ever? I can see why people don't like him. Okay, uh, Major. No, the thing is, Trump, and you guys have obviously not followed the numbers, Trump got more votes than anybody. And Biden, who hid in the basement for six months, somehow or another beat him. Yeah, yeah. It's all, it was all this it's all fucking rigged. It's all bullshit, like, corner box, trap. 
Yeah, if voting was effective, they would make it illegal. So, like, it, it, it's it's just a way for them to give you the illusion well, that you have choice. Hang on. Uh, Major, you've called in uh, under the influence, not necessarily, like, you seem more coherent today than, like, say, your most drunk day. But even on your most drunk day that you've called in to particularly Beard Talk Live, you were still more fucking coherent in your ability to speak than Joe Biden when he's sober. Corrupter. Hmm? What? I said, that's corrupt, sir. But, I mean, yes, government I is corrupt. I pulled the cork a while back. I probably got about a pint in me. But Thanks. I got no sense to chase it hard with water and, you know, had some orange juice and whatnot. I would like to find out who determines what drugs to put Biden on. Because <laughs> whoever that is, they're doing an know. amazing job. I mean, really, I like, I've, I've seen that man attempt to operate. I mean, like, he is so bad at literally everything that they had to fake the footage for him climbing onto a helicopter. Right. That That is an actual thing that actually happened. And yet, heard, somehow, whoever heard. determines what drugs he's on does so well enough that he can get through, like, a one-hour speech while mostly talking like a human. <laughs> Well, some teleprompters. I, I have heard reports that he is not even. Joe Biden is dead. This guy is supposed to be some kind of a droid or a drone or whatever the hell they call an android, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so that's and and, and, and that's a different theory than that. man, when he can't make eye contact, he can't make relevant decisions. It's it's not that far fucking fetched. Yeah. I, so maybe what we're seeing when he like shake hands with nobody is, uh, and not that nobody, hmm. but like no yeah, one, is slid, that it's the AI failing. Yeah, You've the got fucking Easter Bunny had to come save him. That AI <laughs> feeling. Whoa, that AI feeling. <laughs> uh, it, it's been known for a long time that uh, politicians have employed uh, actors, lookalikes, mm -hmm. uh, for security purposes. So is there evidence of that with Joe Biden? I don't know. You know, I've seen some things where like, here's a picture of Joe Biden in, you know, at the beginning of the campaign. And here's a picture of him now. And don't they look like totally different people? He, he like, does honestly look know. different than like significantly. He looks very significantly different from what he looked like uh, when he was younger and in politics. Yeah. Or did they just switch up his medication? And so now he looks different than he did at the beginning of his campaign. I don't know. What gets me about I, that I is that the ears look different. I bumped in with this one on Ian a while back because um, there was controversy about the Queen of England because yeah. she lived to like 97 or whatever. And what was she a bloodsucker or, you know, vampirist or whatever? Mm -hmm. But well, uh, she's definitely she the descendant the queen of, of Wales. She was the Queen of Wales. And my grandmother was 100 percent Welsh. And all them old girls, even if they got obese, lived well into their 90s. Hmm. So it's a damn good bloodline. I'm I'm like a third Welch, uh, probably two thirds Black Irish, and a little bit of Austrian. Right. Every time you mention so the Welch some, part, I, I, I make a joke blood. about like grape juice, Welch. <laughs> well, you can squeeze it all you want to, but my nuts ain't popping. <laughs> I I don't know where that came the, from. The good news is that I've already squeezed squeezed them the as much as I want to, which is mind. none. Hey. Zero percent, yes. That makes two of us. Zero percent, so. 
So I, yes. No, go on. I do think yeah, that it's very strange that she lived as long as she did anyway. Who? Queen of Wales? Queen yeah, Wales? Uh, Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Like, but I'm not on the like clone or uh, uh, AI robot or even lizard people. Like, no, I just think that the weird shit does actually happen from time to time. It does. And the fact that she had a reign that was that bizarrely long, I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. You know, law large numbers. It's like that big earthquake that hasn't hit the West Coast yet, but is totally overdue. Right. It's it's coming. Everybody knows it's coming. And when, and when it hits, they're going to be like, oh, that was the one. Now, that being said... I'm pretty sure she's a descendant of Vlad the Impaler, so uh, who knows? Uh, you know, how much baby blood does she bathe in? I, I don't know. Well, none anymore, but uh, who knows? That's, that's I mean, funny you should bring that up. I was just talking to a buddy of mine tonight about Vlad the Impaler on the phone. He was, well, what a mo- he, I mean, Genghis Khan was not more heinous than this man. What if uh, he would well, that he would depends on if you way. count it by numbers. Major brings up something that he didn't mean to bring up, and that is, you know, oftentimes people are ask uh, if you could have dinner with anybody in history, past or present, dead or alive, who would it be? I say this: if you could open up a phone line to anybody in history, I'd like to get Vlad the Impaler on the phone and Genghis Khan on the phone, and just you know have them jive with us a little bit. How about and of course, since we're since we're using sci-fi technology on this anyway, you may as well throw a universal translator in there so we know what the hell they're saying. No, fuck that. <laughs> Let's just wing it. Fuck it. We'll straight fucking wing Mongolian it. and Romanian. <laughs> Major can translate for us, can't you, Major? Fucking A. I'm the Wolverine. I talk all dog. How's your Mongolian these days? Pretty pretty good? You brushed up on it? Well, I... <laughs> little, little rusty, <laughs> little mirror. Yeah, I don't think not I so. Could... Yeah, but more mirror. I will <laughs> not be able to take the contract. No, oh, all right. Well, I don't have but the technology like to, to talk call the about wrestlers. Going I'm suddenly reminded of this. Like, someone got to like the very height of signing and uh, doing sign language. Sign language. Okay, yeah. All right. And, like, didn't know a lick of it. What? Like, didn't know it at all. How is that Like, even, I know, right? How do you not know a thing, but yet you're at the height of it? I know, right? But no, seriously, they're, like, signing for politicians, and then they got caught. (laughs) It's like, wait a second, this can't be your first gig. (laughs) They're given, like, gang signs. So, how long have you been up to this? And no, turns out, had no idea how to sign whatsoever. (laughs) But was mildly convincing at pretending to sign. Wow! You gotta be fucking kidding me! Now this hack would be way back when they were just putting. Sign no, this was like two years ago. Bar. This is like two years ago, tops. No shit. Yep. That's fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. That's fucking sad. Uh, apparently, no. I mean, I guess who does a deaf person call? <laughs> I, I would think this would have been like back in 1986 when they were putting it on a sidebar. And this, yeah, but, wouldn't, but wouldn't they be amazing at texting? 
I remember I remember the old Saturday Night Live bit where they would have like, and also tonight we have you know Dave uh, helping us out for the hearing impaired, and so they'd they'd read the news story and then they'd show the little picture in picture of this guy up in the corner and he'd just put one hand on or one of each hand on either side of his mouth like he's yelling through a megaphone and be like. And they'd be like, today in the news. And he'd be like, today in the news, there was a murder on 72nd Street. There was a murder on 72nd Street. And so he's he's not doing silent. He's just yelling mm. right for the hearing impaired. And I thought that was a brilliant bit. So what well, you know, back, back to- in the day, when, when, when we was little kids, if somebody said you was all thumbs, that mean you kept dropping cups and was just basically a clumsy bastard, right? Yep, butterfingers. Well, now, now that everybody's enthralled with their smell phones, being all thumbs seems to be an advantage. I have seen some people it's with some wicked fast news. thumbs, man. Like I realize that's a New England thing, is it wicked? Wicked, right? but like I have seen awesome. particularly young people that got like I mean I've seen people who can type like 130 words a minute. Like on a keyboard, right? Mm-hmm. And that's amazing to see. You're just like, damn. Yeah, I used to be able to do that. Speed, right? But like, I've seen people on the keyboard, on the thumb, on the phone, and I'm just like, I can't even see your thumbs. They're moving so fucking fast that you're, like, it's just a thumb blur. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, how much caffeine have you had today? And they're like, what? This is how I always type with my thumbs. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm looking at my blur? thumbnail. It's the like size of a quarter. I'm looking at my thumbnail right now. It is the size of a quarter. What did you really? do to your thumb? Really? How how I'm large is your thumbnail that you're looking at right now? I, I, I wonder. I, I got I got big lunch hooks. You know, that's always what I think about when I talk to anyone is how big is their thumbnail? Oh, I thought you're, when you talk to anyone, you think about how large is Major's thumbnail. <laughs> no, I'm saying it, it it's hard to control these little devices with big fat ham bone fingers. Yep. Yep. Do you have the big senior citizen remote control for the TV with the giant buttons? Oh, hell, dude. I don't have a TV. I got a DVD player. I listen to the radio. God loves me. Better for you. Yeah. So, speaking of how we consume information, and since you were bringing up the, like, you know, cupping your hands and yelling, and earlier you were talking about uh, uh, broadcast information. Yes. Well, it occurs to me that for, like, hundreds of years at least all information that we've gotten in general about the world instead of like specific information about people we know okay but the in general information that we've gotten about the world for for centuries has all been broadcast based because like Mm. so like uh before the internet uh it was television and before television, it was the radio, and before okay. radio, it was the newspaper, and before the newspaper, it was the town crier. But in all of these, you have a single source broadcast for all of the information. Yep. Okay, yeah. What's different is that for the first time, we're transitioning in the other direction. So, like, at this point, half the time, if you want to know something, you got to go search it out yourself. Yeah. Which, that's a very different model. And I mean, like, it doesn't seem that huge, but neurologically, it's completely opposite. Because, like, your nervous system's always trying to keep you not dead, right? Right. So if if a threat comes at you, your nervous system cuts down to its simplest possibilities. It goes, do I need to run away? Do I need to stand here extremely still? Do I need to punch it in the nose before I lose my opportunity to punch it in the nose? 
fight or flight. Exactly. Right. Right exactly. back to the grizzly bear I was going to tell you about. Go out, go on. Oh, we, we do need to get back to the grizzlies. No, at some no, no, go, point. On, go on. But if, on the other hand, you are seeking out a danger, like, okay, geez, these snakes keep coming along. Let me track this one so I can find out where they live. And you're like following that little sucker back to where this big ball of snakes is. Yeah. You use That's a completely how you find different. The den. Yep. Say what? Yep. What That's is... how you find the den. Exactly. Right. So now if you're tracking that snake down to its den, you activate the other part of your nervous system, the complicated part of your nervous system, where you got time to like, okay, well, let me think of a plan. Let me stand and wait for this. Let me go get someone who knows what the hell is going on with this. Let me go consult Merlin. Let me pull the sword from the stone. <laughs> like all of these, you know, complex, innovative solutions that's the part of your nervous system when you go after the dangerous thing yourself. Right. That's patience. That's, patience. That's in if line. You never sat on the riverbank with a large rock on a well flowing stream and looked at the tornado that's created behind that rock. Mm -hmm. That's where the big fish sits. Well, and you guys are right talking there in calm water where yeah. everything he wants. Blows by him. You guys are talking about something very uh, that I've been trying to find. Sort of the what? What is it that wakes people up to the fact that government is uh, a useless, uh, barbaric organization of antique variety that needs to go the way of the dodo? Because it's happening more frequently now than it mm -hmm. did, say pre-internet yeah and i attribute that to the fact that the internet exists and that it was as free as it was for as long as it was it's still rather free like you can find almost any information but one of the things i've found in uh, people who have woken up to this uh is that they are a naturally curious mm-hmm Right? These are people who just are inquisitive by their nature. Their personality is sort of one that they're like, oh, why is that? Right. Who did that? They why actually did this happen? have three brain cells and <laughs> might accumulate more than 130 points. Or right. So. <laughs> but I also wonder if it's because of what, what y'all are alluding to, which is these are people who go out and seek things on purpose. Now, one of the biggest changes I've made to my life in the last 20 years is that I don't allow the TV to feed me. Most people growing up in my age, uh, most people just do that. You get home, you turn on the TV, you put it on a channel, and it just stays on that channel until after you've put down your stuff and you know, you're know you fixing dinner. electric babysitter. Right. And That's what's kill our fucking society. I used to fall asleep <laughs> to television. Dude, I'll tell you what. I, oh, hold I on. have wasted a day. Major, hold on. I we will go back to, to television and its effects on society in a second, but I want to I wanna, uh, hear the captain finish the story here. So, so the biggest change that I made was just going, okay, I'm no longer going to allow myself to be fed information. Right. I'm going to decide that I want some information and then I'm going to go find it because now I have the ability to with the internet. So maybe the thing that is waking people up is just the further, uh, you know, growings of the network effect. 
right. people who 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 are a naturally curious mm-hmm. and b choose to feed themselves information. Right, they choose to go hunt it and seek it out instead of allowing it to be fed to them. The people who don't wake up are the ones who are just sort of staring at the television, you know, being fed whatever, watching Fox News or watching CNN or whatever their choice of network is. And oh, I guess I know stuff now mm-hmm. instead of going out and finding it for themselves. Right, and it well, seems to me that, that one leads to the other. Like, if you're the person who wants to go search out the unknown, then you are also the person who will not just sit there and be fed the thing. And, and the thing about the unknown is, I know two things about the unknown for sure. Number one, it's fucking dangerous. Because things you don't know can absolutely kill you. Yep. Like, they say, oh, what they don't know won't hurt them. Bullshit. What you don't know is the most harmful thing in your existence. And number two, I will tell you this about the unknown. It has what I need and don't have. Because if I had it, it would be something I knew. But if I need it and don't have it, it is somewhere that I don't know. It's because you haven't been taught it because you weren't in the right place at the right time. Well, I mean, there's bound to be something I haven't been taught, right? And that, by the de- by definition, will be in the unknown, well, which is dangerous. And keep in mind, there are things still unknown to man. Like, man yeah, is not that, like, there's things man hasn't discovered yet, hasn't figured out, hasn't found out. There, there are, are things- so many things that have been lost to man because the that atrocities too. that have been committed against natives, plants, you know, fucking reprocreation, any of them. Give me a dozen subjects. I'll roll. Yeah, we definitely didn't. We definitely haven't held on to everything that we used to have. A lot's been forgotten. But you were saying, no, dude. I I used to have a a, a medical dictionary that was six inches thick, maybe five inches thick, printed on the finest thinnest rice paper. Yeah, but did you know and how to it use had it? All the medicinal properties <laughs> of plants, Indians. Mm. This thing was printed. I do know what he's talking about. I've seen these like old medical dictionaries. Like they would, they would include like, okay, here's how you mix the medicine for this ailment. Yeah, I helped a a relative pass uh, medical terminology. Nice. In your grinder and uh, bang, but somebody, you know, when people fucking like shit. More than I do, and I got broke into, and I got stole. This is my ex-wife. I'm pretty sure did this, mm. but uh, yeah, I mean, there's hell to pay all along the rocky road of life. There is hell to pay uh, all along the rocky road of hell life. to pay. Is that a hair piece that's on fire? Well, no, I never had a hair piece. I've had a fur piece. But, <laughs> but if you had a hair piece, travel. would it be a hell to uh, pay? I heard if you have hair piece, it doesn't go away. No, like I said, I've traveled for a hair piece. piece. You know, I've heard a lot about hair piece, but nothing about hair war. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, that's now true. you want to talk about sex and hats and beavers and such. You know what a four beaver hat is? A what did you say? A four water hat? A four beaver hat. A four beaver, beaver hat. hat came into in popularity in the 1800s. I, Little little rodent bastards. The hat it's made out of four I, beavers. I have legitimately seen a beaver top hat, and I actually get it. Like those are amazing. They're beautiful. I mean, like you wouldn't want to, you know, bring a species close to extinction in order to get one. But man, those are really amazing hats. They really were. Coming up on Beard Talk Live a bit later, the captain tells us about beaver basketball. 
<laughs> if he remembers. Anyway, go ahead. That sounds like something I can't dunk. Beaver hat? Okay. What? So Four I beaver hat? Know, I, I have an ancient four beaver Stetson that was my father's. And on it is, uh, I don't know if you guys have probably watched some cowboy movies and such. Remember the old Cavalry Bobs? Uh, yeah. In front, front of the hat? Yeah. Yeah, well, my great-grandfather was in the Spanish-American War, and I got his cavalry bobs on it. Okay. And uh, she's got so much wear and tear on her, I hate to wear her anymore. Of course. But uh, I got a, remember uh, Benjamin Franklin? I got a turkey button, you know, silver little thing. thing okay. You, put in your, you know how people hang buttons on their hats. Yep, yep. So it's a turkey with a, a cross sword and a musket. And <laughs> okay. uh, the damn thing is so old, it don't read what it used to say on it, I think. But it, I think it used to say, give me liberty or give me death. Okay. But if and I ever show up out there to meet you all at all these hoorahs in your Quill Pig Mountain, which we actually possess, Michigan has the porcupine mountains. <laughs> anyway. I will be wearing. You will not fucking be able to not recognize me. He will be known by his four beavered hat. Hey, <laughs> minor pain. I heard you. I heard that. I didn't get the hoorah you all got to make you be minor pain. But how in the fuck did I? Anyway, uh, you can. How in the fuck did you work. anyway? Yeah, how the fuck did you anyway? How in the fuck did I what? Anyway. That's what I was wondering. How, how did you anyway? How did I anyway? Yes. Uh, I I think I must have bought something from Amway. Matilda, <laughs> Bill. That's one way. Yeah. Amway. Hey, if that's how you you anyway how did he anyway by misspelling I Amway. I always try to have a cleansing product. <laughs> like a like colon blow. Uh, no, I, Whiskey works pretty good. It's the best cereal ever. <laughs> a cleansing product. Yeah, yeah it is. A way to clean yourself out a little bit. <laughs> It'll clean you right out. Call Roto Rooter. That's the name. Just trust your bubbles. Don't flush oh your troubles down the drain. Exactly. You remember the old Cheech and Chong one? Rotten Peter. Rotten Peter. Rotten Peter. Nope. nope. Sorry. Can't say no, I, no. I I just lost four stoner points in uh, my credibility. So yeah, but you know, well, nobody will remember. Don't don't, don't hold it harder. That's you know, true. The first concert I went to was Keith Chong. I was only twelve years old. Yeah, people today don't realize that uh, uh, stand-up comedians uh, used to make records, albums, CDs, whatever, right, uh, and sell them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the difference between uh, well, rock and roll musicians and stand-up comedians, though, is that if you go to a rock and roll show and the band gets up and you spend the whole night going, I hope they play my favorite song. I hope they play my favorite song. I hope they play my favorite song. And it's off the album. And in fact, all the songs are off the album. And they all sound pretty much just like all the songs on the album. And then they get to your favorite song. And you're like, yes, they're playing my favorite song. You're all excited and everything. When you bought a CD or an album or a cassette or eight track even from a stand-up comedian way back in the day, and then you went to see them live, if they did a bit off the album, you were disappointed. 
You mm. did not go, go there to see That's them true. do the bits off the album. You wanted to hear new stuff. That is opposite. So I don't, all this to say, I don't know. Yeah, what, no, if I go to, if I see a comedian, if I see someone do stand up and they tell a joke that I know that I've heard them tell before, I am very disappointed. Right. So what's the difference in mentality there? Where uh, Nostalgia. There's no nostalgia for funny. But, but, but there is if you go to a Weird Al show. Let's go back to Jimi Hendrix. Mm. There is no replacement for the power of the cube. Have you ever seen a... a, a well... There's no replacement for the power of the what? The tube? The power of the tube. Regular old school amplifiers. He knows vacuum tubes. Old school amplifiers are built with vacuum tubes. We mm. discussed vacuum yeah, tubes you, a little earlier. Yeah. Dude. Dude. And this did is you, the major yeah, underwater. Yeah. <laughs> did you drop your phone into your cocktail, Major? Because you do sound underwater. Well, I reckon I dropped it too far from my jawbone again. Yeah. More better. That that is mo better, but we didn't hear a goddamn thing you said for the last uh, you know minute or so. It's true. Jimi Hendrix was the master of feedback, and without tubes, with with this mechanical shit they're doing now, he could not have performed as he did. Mm. Somebody's played a left-handed guitar, yeah, upside down, or a right-handed guitar yep. upside down and backwards, and backwards. Yes, sir. Yep, he had to string the strings in the opposite order to make it work. Mm. And then also, yep. uh, Jimi Hendrix was one of the first ones. Uh, so uh, the the sound, the guitar sound that everybody loves for rock and roll and heavy metal, all that is called distortion. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jimi Hendrix was an innovator when it comes to distortion because not only can you get distortion by overdriving your amplifier and the tubes within, mm -hmm. but he discovered that uh, you can actually manufacture distortion by taking a razor blade a fresh new razor blade, pulling the cover off of your amplifier and putting slits in the uh, paper cones of your speaker to hmm. make it make your sound more distorted. Wow. And so th this this is the right. origins of distortion of that guitar sound mm -hmm. that everybody attributes to like rock and roll and heavy metal. Right. Um, and, and this is where it came from. Now, people do this stuff now with pedals and other assorted effects, and they build it into the tube section of your amplifier for overdrive and that kind of thing. And you can do different levels of it, so you can get a, a milder form of overdrive. And then you can get like a really crunchy, heavy metal type, you know, chugga chugga out of your amplifier. So they've really gone to great lengths to build this technology now. But the origins of it were Jimi Hendrix sitting down in front of a speaker with a fucking razor blade. Huh. <laughs> Wild. You know, he was the first heavy metal artist. Specifically, it was the first, art, like, the phrase heavy metal came from uh, the Rolling Stone article on Jimi Hendrix describing his music as like dragging chains of heavy metal. I was not aware of that. But I'm looking it up now. Old <laughs> Trying to remember what the hell the name was. I see. I have no credibility with you. I, thus, you must consult the magic box. I must, because well, I consider myself a fan of heavy metal, and I would, I would expect me of all people to have to known know that. that. Yeah, and uh, especially about Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Well, if I've been misinformed, I will be very salty about it. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, we're do, trying to do a show well, here, I'm too. So. Yeah, you might not have time to do comprehensive research in the middle of a live show. But, uh, Major, what do you think about uh, the effect of television on society? The effect of television on society? That was the electric babysitter. Always has been. I don't want to do my job. Turn this thing on. Mm. It still is the electric that, babysitter, that, that's that for sure. That was when I was a young warthog. Mm. When I was a young warthog. Wait, is that yes, just sir. a hog with a bunch of warts? No, no, I'm Shrek. I live in a swamp, and I'm big and ugly and green. Well, better a warthog than a warthog. <laughs> did Major Payne right. just say I'm... he's Shrek and big, ugly, and green? He did. Uh, yes, sir, I did, okay. but I surround myself with good donkeys. They got a bunch of jackasses around here, Republicans? Huh? Or are they Democrats? Democrats are, are the uh, jackasses. Oh, don't be making fun of Eeyore. We're going to pin the tail on the donkey here tomorrow. I actually feel sorry for both uh, donkeys and elephants. Because Because they're associated with uh, the worst monsters on the planet? Yeah, like... No, you got to leave the, the fuck are these donkeys people? alone, dude. Listen to me. You got to leave the donkeys That's alone. That's what I'm they saying. I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of like the animals here. I'm like, the animals should be very upset that they are symbols. No, it's the fucking symbols. jackasses. You don't understand. Jackasses is bred by man. It's the only species that can't fucking breed. Oh, you're and talking that's mules. Who the Democratic Party named themselves for. Oh, well, you're talking mules, not donkeys. Water and haul more weight. They they were pretty frisky, but they can't fucking reprocreate. Well, since <laughs> uh, since you mention it, uh, an ass refers to either a donkey or a mule, and if it's a donkey, then it can reprocreate. Whereas I, mules only re-under procreate. I believe Eeyore was a donkey, not a jackass. Well, it's hard to tell. Well, all all male donkeys are jackasses. Well, that's fucking interesting. How do you concur that? Oh, well, Same so, way you can concur that all male Democrats are jackasses. Hmm. No, uh, so ass refers to a, a donkey or a mule. A jackass uh, refers to a male of that. Oh, so it's got to have jack before it's considered yeah. bastard. That's, this implies that there exists a jill ass. It does. Oh, it does imply the, the jill ass. We well, in the same now way like a tomcat. fucking water, right? Good God Almighty. Yeah, I don't know. He's underwater again. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jackass and Jill Jack ass. Down and broke his crown. And Jill came tumbling after. You know, Jill came down with 250. <laughs> Jack got four bits. You got bit four times? Poor Jack. Feel sorry no, for the four guy. Bits. It, it, uh, two bits was a quarter. Hey, do you know how to tell a quarter horse? Because they got two bits in their mouth. Hey! Are we at that point in the program already? (laughs) (laughs) It shouldn't be joke time. It's we're not even halfway through. (laughs) It's true. We're not even getting loopy yet. I don't know, man. We're 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 talking about Jack and Jill at this point. Yeah. Major's getting loopy. So far, Major's dominating the show. That's true. I'm taking my show back. All right, so since we brought up the pipeline problem, one of the issues here, so 
one of the problems about the pipeline problem. So, okay, lots of people realize this is fucked up. What's going on? Well, first of all, is it true? Is what true? The pipeline problem. Yes. Oh. Yes, it absolutely is. I mean, like, I, outside of the one guy, I don't know oh, of man, this happened pipeline. To, happened to my best friend. So, like, back in, back in Denver, I mean, there were no anarchists. You couldn't find them. Sure. Like, you try to find the most anarchist people you can, you know? You go hang out at punk shows and go to goth clubs, and even they're a bunch of bootlickers. So I had my one friend who was actually relatively anarchist and also kind of schizophrenic. Uh, but no, he ended up uh, he ended up going through that pipeline without my influence. Hmm. Like as soon as I was done putting up with his ass, he turns all Nazi on me, which he was always kind of headed there anyway. But it still illustrates the point that like the one anarchist I could find, Ended up being all right. Okay, what I'm saying is two people do not make a pipeline. Well. Right, the one guy and then the other guy. So, like, what evidence is there of this pipeline? Well, there's really not that many of us in the first place. Okay. So, the uh, and there's also not that many. Because, like, there's probably. There's also not that many people that we can document going to the dark side of Nazidom. I probably know more people who've come to libertarianism and then, like, left and went back to whatever the hell they were doing before. Then mm. I know who came to libertarianism and then went to fucking Nazism. Right? I actually don't know, like, I can't think of any former libertarians that I know. Like, personally. Well, okay. Let me just say, I know folks that have moved for the freedom movement and then moved mm. away. Yeah. Right. And and are no longer part of the freedom movement here in New Hampshire, at least. Well, I mean, like, I've definitely heard about people that, uh, for example, they joined the libertarian uh, movement. They ended up in a position of political power. Mm -hmm. And then they went, ooh, power. Right. Right. But but I could get done the things I want to get done, whether anyone <laughs> likes me to do them or not. Only further illustrating our, our, our the recurring theme, which is power corrupts. Well, and and one of the issues is that like both the Democrats and the Republicans do seem to be headed in the same general direction for society. Yeah. And that is a really fucking awful direction. Yeah. It is absolutely authoritarian. Okay, so if you don't want to go in that direction, what do you do? All right, well, there's basically two kinds of people that don't want to go in that direction, and that's... Nazis who do want to go into an authoritarian direction, mm -hmm. but a different authoritarian direction. Their authoritarian direction. Right. right yeah. And they tend to be uh, very culturally conservative. Like, their issue is not that you're, you know, using a, a monopoly on, on the initiation of force. Their problem is that you're not using that monopoly on the initiation of force to maintain our society and its cultural traditions. Right. Right. Or the other, you know, possibility is that you you don't want to use force on anyone because it doesn't go well, like, to initiate force for any purpose. And that's... Can I bump in right quick on the whole Nazi thing? Yeah, man. Yeah? I have on my arm a tattoo, reverse influx of the swastika. That was an Apache peace sign. Hmm. Hitler stole everything he could 
he he took everything Jesus said and put it in the mirror and made it backwards. I right, mean, quick, that's the best I can give you. That whole damn right. Well, it's a weird thing because, like, officially it was a it was a Christian organization, but uh, if you if you actually get down to what the the people in power believed, they were a bunch of occultists. Even the Apaches have the reverse swastika. That's a peace sign. Yeah, I mean the 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 swastika, both uh, forward and backward, is a, a truly ancient sign. Yeah. I mean, it's it is a simple geometrical figure. I mean, if you combine the idea of spiral with the idea of square, right. that's what you get. Right. So, especially if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to depict something that uh, that moves in an organic way, but also in an orderly fashion. Like the order will get you right angles because right angles are easy to stack yep. and easy to think about. And the organic movement will give you a spiral because everything that is living lives in a spiral. I mean, time itself powder. moves around in a Just circle, like but it rock. moves forward. So if it moves forward, but also in a circle, then it's a spiral. That's true. Uh, but uh, moving away from the Nazism thing for a minute, because I, I wanted to continue talking about what wakes people up, mm. right? And and so my theory is curios curiosity mm -hmm. plus network effect. Mm. That's my theory. Uh, I've met a whole bunch of libertarians since I've been in New Hampshire, uh, particularly of the freedom movement variety, mm -hmm. uh, whether they're free staters or whether they just moved here for the larger freedom migration, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of a thing. Um it's different than I expected. It, it's it's a different like everybody is individually unique, and I like it sounds like a cliche thing to say because of course everybody's individually, but no, like this is even more so than any other sort of group of people I've been around. Mm -hmm. Like I can't tell you how unique everybody. Is. It's just you have to experience it, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's one thing. So, like in in most groups, I will see repetitions of a pattern. Right. They won't be exact repetitions. Right. But they will be re like, oh, this person is really similar to this person, and that happens a lot right. in most social groups. Right. Whereas, uh, I would be hard pressed to point it to uh, two people in the New Hampshire libertarian movement that I've met that are particularly similar to each other. Right. And so is that another part of it that, that, you know, uniquely individual, right? One who, you know, sort of marches Has to their own identity. drummer, right? Yeah. Marches to their own drummer, right? You know, th that kind of a thing I think probably plays a large part, at least the people who are waking up now, mm. I think it's entirely possible for more people to wake up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a matter uh, of education. And well, time. I, I think that individual uniqueness exists as a potential a potential in the heart of everyone in the way that an oak tree exists as the potential in the heart of an acorn. But the question is whether that comes out or not. Yeah. Can I delve into antiquity as you bring up the oak tree? Yeah, you're welcome to. I don't know. Can the, you? The, the, the indigenous you people of this planet, the Delawares, the Mohawks, mm -hmm. um, up here in northern Michigan, we have the big turtle. That's Mackinac Island. The Mohicans were tattooed with a blue turtle, which came from a very precious uh, sea urchin. 
has disappeared in the the Jewish appreciated this thing too. It's a very rare muscle and very rare dye. But anyway, so uh yeah, the big turtle in fresh water. You can't drink oil, dude. Wow. Well, no, yeah. I was following right up until you say you can't drink oil. No, no, no. Like, so he's skipping pieces? He is. But I'm still following. But also, so, I think he told this story last week as well about oh, the big turtle. Be. I be. remember him mentioning Mackinac no, Island. I'm, I'm, I don't now, I, as far as the Jewish dye thing goes, uh, this is actually well, a controversy in, uh, in Jewish culture, is whether or not this particular piece of scripture refers to a particular animal or not. Oh. Now, those who say that, oh, well, we can know, we literally cannot follow God's commandment because God commanded us to make this dye from this particular animal. And the other side says, no, you gave that animal the name of the dye, and now that animal is extinct. But that doesn't mean that the dye doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate being road hard and put up with. Been doing that my <laughs> whole damn life. Have you heard that phrase before? Never. Oh, uh, so uh, th- this is a, an important phrase to horse culture, actually. Um, and uh, we, nah. believe it or not, there's actually an ancient Norse myth about this. Uh, so there's this guy who gets to take care of the horse of a god, but he tells him never ever to ride him. And at some point he has to, but he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So he rides this horse mm-hmm. and then he puts him away. He rides him hard and puts him away wet. And as will happen and with a horse, horse dies of pneumonia. Exactly. So horses are one of the few species on Earth that can sweat, which is oh. part of why they're such amazing runners. In fact, like the word for horse in pretty much every single language yeah. is the word for runner, including ours. Huh? Yeah. Uh, the the word horse means runner, and that's true in pretty much every single language. That, that has a word for horse. but And part of what lets them run is that they sweat so that they can cool their bodies down and keep running. But once they're done running, they're done producing body heat, so they've got all this sweat on them that is going to evaporate, and they'll get hypothermia and die unless you take a brush and sweep that sweat off their body, which is now why you, right if you ride them hard, man. you can't put them away wet. Right, now we're right back to the jackass. Why? What are you doing with the jackass? <laughs> well, the mule, a mule will sit the fuck down. He will refuse to work when he's done. Yeah. Mm. You can. You got to light a fire under his balls to get him back up. Yep. Stubborn as a mule. Yep. 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 There's an old joke. Let me see if I can. There's a lot of old jokes, Major. Well, in my mind, <laughs> there was a. Oh no, I ain't even gonna tell it because it's 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 making fun of the slaves and such. All right. You know? Well, I will say that people, uh, people be wanting to piss on my cornflakes if I tell it. Well, that's entirely possible. I hate it when that happens. But I will say that uh, yeah, you look like you've been road hard and put away wet. Means you look pretty gangly and rough and scruffy. Huh? Hell, I've been paddling up the creek with a fork all my fucking life, dude. Is it, I hear you. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, life is not easy for anyone. 
uh, you know, uh, I used to I used to be of the belief that I had a harder life, uh, particularly growing up in childhood and that kind of thing, than uh, most people, and that may be true, mm-hmm. but it depends on your definition of most, right? Mm-hmm. But then I encountered many people who had much more difficult lives and childhoods and upbringings uh, than I did, and it did not make me feel better. You would think that learning something like you'd be like, oh, well, I feel no, a little better. It just makes me sad. No, it just makes me because like I was already in a place where like, holy fuck, life is not going to be easy for me. I've already been through all this bullshit, you know. And now and I gotta you get dipped in a well of crap again. But mm-hmm. but but then I go and and I find people, you know, through various means that have who've had far worse lives than I had, and I just go, holy fuck, man, the world is fucked up, mm-hmm. you know. But then you come to find out that it's just because of people's Whatever it is in people that makes you want to control other people. Hmm. That's the mental illness that humans suffer from, is the desire to control others, in my opinion. Right? Hold on. I, I'm sorry. You, you made a jump that I didn't follow you on. Okay. So uh, I, I get life is fucking hard. Yep. And you find out that for some people it's even harder than you could have imagined. Right. Okay. Uh, how does that translate into people's desire to control each other? Well, uh, abuse is that. Ah, oh, Right? So whether it's child abuse, spousal if abuse. you've been dominated, you yeah. want to dominate. Or Bang. to be dominated right again. There. Right. Right. And so it's that, uh, whatever that is, that desire to control other people, to think that you know better or that somebody should obey you, right? Now... If it's a voluntary situation, you know, like some people's got they got kinks or right? I'm not going to kink shame anybody, right? You know, that's voluntary. That's in your bedroom or wherever it is you're, you know, doing these things. Uh, that's yeah, far that's outside, right on. It's that's, awesome. Yeah, but it's it's when it's involuntary, is where the real evil of human humankind comes into play, right? It's have a abusive situation. Ever delved into? I know this thing didn't get much press play. But Joe Biden's daughter put out a book on how he, she had to shower with him yeah. for like mm-hmm. 15 years or some fucking thing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this pedophile Pete, he's called on his own Pedo boy's Peter. laptop. Yep. Jesus Christ. Who in the fuck are leading us? Give well, me a good God. Well, they're, I will. I will say really this though. Us. Well, I mean, I, I will say this. As pissed as you are bit. at this guy right now, think about this for a second. Can you imagine what it's like? He had to find out through the news that his own son has him in his phone as Pedo Peter. <laughs> now, apart from the fact that he, you know, clearly touches young girls in ways that make them very uncomfortable oh yeah apart from that man that has to hurt like if i found out my own son had a name like that for me in his phone (laughs) you're not even peter and i find out from cnn like oh that has got to hurt so a little bit of schadenfreude there at the same time if there was and you know i mean i see the signs but if there, in fact, was some sort of child abuse there, uh, the fact that the man is still alive is amazing, right? Well, that's definitely true. Anyway. And that also means that uh, if it was his own children, uh, that they, too, will have the propensity to commit those same types of abuse. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, these are this is it's an it's an infectious disease. Cruelty is an infectious disease that spreads by its own symptoms. The child will commit the sins of the father. Mm. And Not all of the time. Sometimes it happens in reverse order, and the 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 father will pay for the sins of. Well, so the here's the thing, though. The There's a choice the there. Right. There's a choice. So, like, uh, my my favorite example of this is alcoholics, right? So. The children of alcoholics will almost always do one of two things. Either they will be so convinced of the dangers of alcohol that they will stay the fuck away from it. And they will make sure to break that cycle or they will fall to it themselves. And in the same way, uh, victims of sexual abuse, and this is very, very well documented, victims of sexual abuse almost always either get nymphomania or total asexuality. They tend to go yep. in one direction or the other completely. But, I mean, if you have had your parents, for example, do something cruel to you, you get the choice. You don't get the choice about whether it happened to you, but you do get the choice as to whether you get to pass that on or whether you choose to break that cycle. Well, I'm going to tell you a tale that I've never told before, especially on the damn radio. Um, you're talking about pedophilia and such. When I bought, what, 2000, it was a real rough winter. My well was froze up. My ex-wife was living in town, and I had to come in town for water. And uh, my daughter was there, which... We went to an ugly divorce, and I had custody of my boy, and she had custody of the girl. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was this um, girlfriend of hers that was staying there. Anyway, uh, I probably sucked up a couple more cocktails than I should have, and I just tweaked her waistband. Just whack, and made a joke about the color of her hair not matching the collar, right? Well, she went back to her grandma and told her this story. Well, as you know, if you don't have enough money to defend yourself, you are fucked. Hold on, hold on. I I need to clarify your story. So this is your daughter that you, like, uh, snapped her waistband? Daughter's friend. No, no. Daughter's friend. It was was her daughter's friend. But it, 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 it wasn't nothing. It was a joke. But anyway, I ended up. And I'm still having to register as a child molester 25 years later. And for a misdemeanor, a fourth-degree misdemeanor, in the feds, when I went out in the West during the fucking uh, Obama administration, when you couldn't fucking buy a job around here, I went out West to build houses and shit for all these old Derek bastards. And, uh... Well, I couldn't fucking get a permanent address, and I couldn't register, and I ended up getting hammed up and thrown into the federal fucking system. No, you're, you're underwater again, Major. I ended up getting thrown into the federal system for eight months because I could not provide an address to register. Oh, yeah. As yeah, they will fuck you if you don't have... file yeah. fucking Pete Bell. Wow, so if you end up homeless, they will make you not homeless in the wrong way, huh? Right. Yeah, you're you're fucked. They will give you an address. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, like, so 
Yeah, you you done fucked up there, Major. But you no, didn't well, fuck up I in did. the way of a, a of a child molester. And I'll I tell you, the reason that dude, this system does not make a hang dude, on, Major, 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 give me a minute, please. Finger. I didn't stick my Peter in nothing. I made a bad damn joke. That's all the fuck I did. Yep. And, and great grandma took offense to it. And I got road hard and put up wet once again. Well, I'll tell you, Major, the reason that this system doesn't make a difference between a bad joke and a pedophile is because this system does not want you to identify pedophiles accurately because this system is run by them. I mean, like, okay, how many people are on the sex offender list because they pissed in a parking lot? Yeah. Now, yeah, there's now a real big right difference between peeing in a parking thing, right? lot and molesting your niece. Yeah. Kind of different things, but they classify them the same way because the people who are running this system do not want us to have the apparatus to make the differentiation between someone who... Uh, ran afoul of their mechanical laws or someone who is actually a threat to us. Well, now we're right back to pedophile Pete. <laughs> but let me, let me give you a segue in the middle of this tale. When I was originally sentenced, the internet was not even there. Right. Okay. So I was not profiled. So, uh, and I was originally sentenced to 10 years of registration. Well, on the ninth year and the 11th month, they sent me a letter saying, oh, we would like you to provide us with information for another 15 years. And this is on a fucking misdemeanor charge. Yeah. Wow. Hey, um, Dude, I've been road hard and put up wet my whole fucking life. Hey, you Major. Think I ain't telling you shit. Major, we're going to take a break here. We're about halfway through the show. So thank you for the call, man. We appreciate you. Have a great Peace, rest of your bud. night. Love- uh, Major Payne, everybody, with his <laughs> you know, drunken reveal. <laughs> uh, it takes balls to uh, admit that kind of thing. It on does. A, on a show, so. Uh, we're going to take uh, you know, a 10 minute break or so. And, uh, oops, I think I did a thing wrong. Hang on. I'm just trying to set us up for success here. I've been set up. And I'm going to play a little bit of music for y'all while we take the break.
just rocking out. Rocking out. The solo kicks in at the appropriate time and gives me an excuse to sort of fade out as we begin the second half. So what's that song about? Uh, well, you'd have to listen to it and read the lyrics to uh, like really kind of make your own decision. That's what I love about music is like you can write lyrics and they can mean one thing to one person, but they mean something completely different to another person. Uh, provided, you know, your lyrics aren't like specific, you know what I mean? Like, and even if they are, like you can write vagaries into it that create, uh, you know, the opportunity for people to uh, put their own emotion into it. Because what makes a song important to you? How you feel about it. Right. Right. Like, does it groove your soul? Does it make you feel a, a certain way or the way you want a song to make you feel? You know, or maybe it makes you feel a way you didn't want to feel, and that's a song that's uncomfortable for you now. Well, some songs do make me think, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean that should. I mean, go so so for example, uh, punk rock, not very complex. Mm-hmm. Like by its nature, it's the kind of music that someone who only knows three chords and doesn't play them very well can still do. And as long as he puts up a whole minute and a half, we call it a punk song, and that's that. But what that does give you room for is ideas in the lyrics. Yeah. Because let's face it, nothing coming out of mainstream music is intellectually challenging. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There was a, uh, uh, it was Megadeth that did a video, uh, I think it was for Peace Sounds or whatever, and like before the song even kicks in, it's a, it's like a kid in the living room, and uh, he changes the channel on the TV from the news to like a Megadeth song on MTV. Right? Mm. Uh, and the dad comes in, he's like, "Hey, put that back! I'm trying to watch the news." And he turns around and he goes, "But dad, this is the news, right? Because the song Peace sells, but who's buying, right? A very, mm. a very political song." You know, uh, and and for its time, you know, way ahead of the curve, way ahead of the curve, in my mm. opinion. Um, and like to me, that was the attraction. The attraction was that they were writing; they weren't writing sappy love songs. Right now, if you love a sappy love song, far out, silent, right on. You know, indulge away and like build your collection of sappy love songs that you love. You know, go go right for it. Uh, but I don't know, like. The lyricism, particularly of heavy metal, is what kept me a fan of, of theirs for mm. so long. Of well, Megadeth and then many other metal bands as well, you know. But then, as I sort of came out of the fog of statism, some of these songs took on a new meaning to me, mm. right? A meaning they didn't have before. Before I I subscribed to the non-aggression principle and and to the the philosophies of freedom, really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, voluntary interaction for everybody. And like, once you apply that consistently to every place in your life, it, it, the world looks completely different. Let me drill down on that. Okay. The desire to apply something consistently. Now I'm pretty sure that some amount of that exists in literally everyone. Yeah. Cause I mean like a toddler, wants there to be enough consistency in their world yeah. that they can start figuring out how to do shit. Right. Because 
that's the point of being a toddler. Toddlers will often say, that's not fair. They can definitely point out when something isn't applied consistently. Right. So, I mean, you often ask the question of how do we get these ideas out there? How do we uh, get people to to love what we love, really? And Or at I least think, understand why we love what we love. Yeah, close enough. Right, and and allow us to do so. Which, I mean, like, some part of you has to love it in order to understand someone else loving it in anything more than an intellectual way, right? Right. But, like, the desire for consistency seems to be a real turning point. Like, everyone has some amount of this, but you can choose to ignore it. And for some reason, for some fucking reason, people like you and me chose to stop ignoring our desire for consistency yes and and that revelation like that that epiphany Mm -hmm. i guess really is what i'm trying to say that's what it was for me it was an epiphany like there was a moment and i don't even remember the moment i can't tell you what day it was or was it nighttime daytime whatever i just remember having it when i everything clicked i'm like oh fuck Oh, the, the the anarchists are right. It's the only consistent philosophy of them all. And if you if that's what you seek to apply, like like some some things about what Democrats say, you know, it's like, okay, that make no, that doesn't make sense. Okay. But that makes sense. Some things that Republicans say is like, mm, no, that doesn't make. Oh, but that does make sense. You might agree with some of their positions on stuff, but never all of it because they're inconsistent. But when you start thinking about what the world might look like if we just gave each individual all of the power right right people really want to be fair right you want to you want a fair world where you get a fair shake and a fair shot just the exact same shot as everybody else great make sure that every individual has the same amount of power well that's exactly how they sell democracy isn't it that you want to give the power to the people and the problem throughout time has been all of these systems that didn't give the power to the people where it rightfully belonged. And all of that is true. Like, deeply, profoundly yeah. true. That's why it sells. But but the thing is, if you actually give power to the people, then the structure that you sort of gave them that power disappears. Once right. you've given the power to all of the people, and you say, dear people, each of you individually has all of the power. That we have ever had as an organization. Each of you individually now has that in an equal amount. Go forth and live your life. That should be the end of government right there. right? If people would actually give the power back to themselves, mm-hmm. which is all they have to do, this would all be over. This fucking nightmare known as statism would be fucking over. So... Sorry, I went on a rant there. But I, I, wanna, I just want to okay, mention well, that... that no, I think like one of the things... One of the reasons that I'm here was because I detected an opportunity to to affect freedom in some way for the better, or at least like the, the epiphany, the revelation was such that I'm like, oh my God, I got to scream this at the mountaintops, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I got to climb mountains and be like, hey, everybody, listen, I've discovered, I've had this epiphany. And then like, nobody cared, right? You know, you're shouting it at the mountaintops <laughs> and, and then like, nobody cared. They're like, yeah, whatever. You know, we're still over here doing our thing. You know, you go over there, Mr. Crazy Captain, you know, kind of a thing. So the opportunity to do something about it, Mm. I think, is is something that you and I share. 
You know, that that here we're here amongst these people. We detect an opportunity to do something about it. Right. I was going to say, well, the opportunity to do something about it is something you and I and literally everyone else share, which is new, like really new. Like we've never actually had something we could do about the dominant empire of the planet Earth. It's just never been a real possibility. Like we knew that it was important to educate ourselves. We knew that it was important to talk to each other about this. Like we could detect that since all of this energy and attention was being given to silencing us and to separating us, we could figure out, okay, well then it must be important that we keep talking to each other. We didn't know why. But we could tell on, like, they wouldn't be concerned with it if it wasn't a concern. Yeah. They wouldn't feel threatened by it unless there is some part of this that is actually a threat to them. Right. Yeah. So we kept talking about it. We kept learning about it. But there wasn't anything to do. And and it's it's really disheartening when the only thing you can do is keep saying things. Right. And now there is. And, and what there is to do about this is form your own currency. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the, the Buckminster quote, right? You don't, you don't fight the existing reality. You don't change things by fighting the existing reality. Instead, build a better version that outcompetes the existing version. You know what absolutely burns my fucking scrot about that? Hmm. You have to play the game that is being played in order to start playing the game that replaces it. Well, that's so, so in order to create Bitcoin, he had to have a fucking computer, didn't he? You do have to use the tools at your disposal to innovate, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, in order to have a computer, you have to play the current game. You have to engage in the economy as it is with its fiat U.S. dollar basis and all of its unnecessary and brutal regulations. You have to play the game as it is in order to play the game as it will be. Right. That is what absolutely bites me about it. That, and, and that's one of the reasons, like, I've been doing things around here that just because I, I don't know, because I... It's a challenge, right? Like, can you spend nothing but uh, Bitcoin uh, for an entire week here in Keene, New Hampshire? Like, like, can you actually do that? Like, it, it's not without its challenges. Uh, I ended up going into, like, a burger place and buying uh, two fruit juices. And that's it, because I was out of mixer for my cocktails, Right. You know, so like you, I couldn't go to just like a regular ass grocery store at the time I did this and like, you know, here's some Bitcoin. Thanks for the groceries that just, you know, now there's like, we're in the age of intermediaries, right? We're, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of middlemen 
that are, you know, transducing dollars into crypto in a variety of formats, right? Sometimes they give you a, a credit card. Sometimes it's uh, it linked up to your existing payment systems. Your, yeah, I was going to ask iPay, if that counted Venmo, in the challenge. All that uh, kind of like, stuff. are you allowed to use crypto to use dollars? or Because so those are two different challenges. No, Both are possible. My but. challenge was without the intermediary. So, like, it was really literally people who had their POS uh, set up to accept crypto. Gotcha. Th those are the places that I went to. So, point of sale. Point of sale, yes, POS. Not Sorry, shit, I'm allergic yeah. to acronyms. That's fine. If I, I use one, like, I will spit them out worry. without explaining from time to time. So, yeah. uh, so, so those who, so you weren't uh, allowing yourself to use the intermediary of the U.S. dollar, right? I, one of the attractions to me for of Keene, New Hampshire, was the amount of businesses here, for the size of town that it is, that accept cryptocurrency. Right. Whereas I lived in Seattle, Washington, supposedly one of the technology <laughs> hubs of the world. Right. Right. But yet there was no place I could spend my crypto. I get here and I'm like, wait, can I do this for a week? Right. And I did. I did it for a week, man. You know, I ate at the the restaurants that accepted the crypto. Uh, I would order, you know, a, a bit of it to go you know, for the next day so that I didn't have to go somewhere and buy something like, well, you know, at, at my house or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I visited all the places, a couple of convenience stores, uh, you know, uh, the pizza place, right? You know, I, well, that's one way to disprove the criticism that you can't spend it anywhere. I, I did it and I did it for, it was a challenge. It really was. Mm -hmm. I had to be very creative to do it, but you mentioned something earlier. I mean, about, you're basically trying to live in the future while you're actually in the present. Right. And I, I think I even made a post about it at some point on some social media that I was like, you know what? I'm living in the fucking future. Yes. Right? Because I can were. do this right here, right now. This is, you know, I if I'm the beta test, beta test, you know, check, can be done. Yeah. Right? Is it difficult? Yep. Oh, it turns out there's only a little amount of the future that exists currently in the present. Yeah. But holy shit, there's a part of the future that exists in the present, yeah. and there's so much of it that you cannot die and live entirely inside the future. That's amazing. Yeah, and I did sort of feel sort of pioneer-esque, you know, while you doing were. the thing, because I was like, you know, I wonder how many people have done this well, before. Well, it's weird, because like, you know? well, and this is something that I have commented on countless times throughout the decades but what's weird about the time we're in is that people like us don't have an easy frontier to go to i mean the yeah. american west was the last frontier yeah until the next frontier well outer and we're space, not there course, yet and well no, we're not yeah. outer space will maybe be the last frontier I, honestly i think we'll find another one it'll be like interdimensional and then when we figured that one out there'll be another one there's always a new last frontier sure. but none of these frontiers are accessible until now when the first parts of the digital frontier are becoming accessible yes yes they are and i i'm not only am i watching it Right. By paying attention to, you know, some news sites and, you know, participating in there's there's a thing I refer to here as the cryptocurrency economy. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And it's just a bunch of hard-headed people who believe in crypto, who are literally using it to exchange with each other. And it's working. Mm -hmm. It's work. Not only is it working, it's working pretty well. We've got to have a couple of like sort of go-to people. There's some technicians in the community, if you will, who, oh, dude, like I tried to do this transaction, like blah, 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 blah. And they'll be like, okay, look here, first of all, update your thing, right? You know, blah, blah. And they'll sort of tech support, if you will, within the community for handling like problems that you might have Mm -hmm. with your transactions. But it's been less problems than most people have with like their cable television. Right. <laughs> That's how well it's working. <laughs> right. Like the, the technical issues are solvable. They're usually easily overcome unless you're into like some niche coin and mm-hmm. you know, but if, if you're just, if you're just rocking BCH, BTC, uh, you know, Ethereum Monero even, runs into m- problems because yeah. it's real fucking complicated. Yeah. What's the other one? Is it dash? That's on the dash uh, is sort of half and half. Yeah. Um, dash is uh, is, you know, I have never run into an issue with dash, yeah. but I've also never expected any kind of privacy. Yeah. And apparently, at one point, it was dark coin, and they had a situation where you could send it privately, kind of the yeah, way that uh, like the way the Zcash is right now. We're getting into the weeds, as uh, one of our producers Fuck might it's say. Our show. It's our fucking show. We could get into the weeds. We're getting into particulars. Yes, we are talking about individual cryptocurrencies. No, we're, what we're talking about is the fact that Keene, New Hampshire has a cryptocurrency economy. Right. That's the larger point here is that. It Holy e- fuck, there's it, a place in meat space. It exists. It exi- I'm in it. You know, here I yeah. am. Here yeah. we are. Our well, listeners, here we are. We're here. This thing exists. Well, is it great? No. Can you fulfill everything that you ever wanted to buy? No. Are, do you have to jump through extra hoops from time to time to get your way? Yes. But it's possible and it's here. And to me, what's bigger than that is that we negotiated our own value. <laughs> and people are just not used to negotiating value. Yeah. I mean, how many people, oh, roughly 90 plus percent, are not getting paid what they're worth yeah. because they do not want to have a conversation about what they're worth. Right. And I can't fucking blame them. It's rough. It's scary as all hell. Because if you have that conversation wrong, it ends in war. But the conversation has never been easier. Yeah. And here we are literally negotiating how we transact value. Right. And, and that's going to be the skill. My favorite part of cryptocurrency, people ask me, how come you're so into cryptocurrency? Like, people who know me are like, dude, like, yeah, you can add, subtract, multiply, and divide with the best of them, but you're not like a mathematician. Right? I'm like, no, I sure as fuck ain't. Like, I, me and math are like, but thankfully, you know, I have a calculator in my pocket everywhere I go. <laughs> Un, un, unbeknownst to my teachers at the time who told me I'd never be able to have a calculator and carry it with me in my pocket wherever hey, I go. here's something fun. Ours is the last generation that get fed that shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> End of an era. Uh, but, like, it's the permissionless part. Yes. That's my favorite part. Permissionless. Right. It didn't go around to governments and authorities and I go... 
Dear sir, I wish to form an organization with which to release this thing that we call cryptocurrency, and may we please buy a license and have your... Now, Satoshi Nakamoto dumped that shit on the internet. Just like... <laughs> literally, the, the, world. the term airdrop, if it doesn't <laughs> apply to Bitcoin, <laughs> I don't know what it applies to. Okay, 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 hold on, hold on. Mana from Heaven was an airdrop... Dude, I'm serious. Hey, like, hey, Jesus is going to return on the cloud, right? The most important airdrop in cryptocurrency's history has been Bitcoin. Was Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto's white yeah. paper specifically, and his release of the Bitcoin code into the wild. Cryptocurrency itself is an airdrop. How fucking wild is that? Pretty sweet, huh? I mean, if it doesn't describe, like, how, you know, the advent of so, Bitcoin, I don't know what other term would. So I was out at a bar in New Hampshire. All right. And uh, I was talking to this uh, uh, a couple of people from, from Germany who are out figuring out what cryptocurrency is to make a podcast about it. Okay. And at some point she's like, well, why are you so certain about this? Okay. And it's... It's like a mind-blowing and heartbreaking thing to be like, oh, sweetie, how do I explain this? <laughs> okay. You ever see 2001 A Space Odyssey? You know how there's this fucking obelisk in the middle of everything? Why did you know that was different than the other rocks? Well, um, you see. Yeah, right. It's... It is difficult to explain uh, how cryptocurrency works. Well, how do you know that it's going to work? Because holy shit, we yeah. just got like Prometheus gave fire yeah. to humans and was punished with eternally getting his liver eaten. And that is the kind of situation that we're in right now. Like... This is so much of a leap forward that I actually don't believe in aliens in the, in the normal sense of the word at all. But I totally grok why people believe that this is alien technology. Like it's it's beautiful. But it's, it's it's no more alien technology than the internet. Right. It's no more alien technology right. than television. Right. Right. Be before tell it's no more uh, and oh one my of God, my man. favorite uh, book series uh, as a kid and really even now uh, it included the idea that the television itself was alien technology that existed to keep us slowed down well yeah broadcast is like you unify the slaves yeah right and that's been done like literally like if that was the purpose of television mission successful I'd say Right, television has been uh, the major source of programming for everybody on planet Earth. Oh yeah, and I mean that in like the way that on so many levels. Well, but the way I really mean it is that you have been brainwashed by mm -hmm. your television. I was brainwashed by the my television. The way that we perceive reality was largely frameworked by television. Yeah, and yeah. we also structured our lives around when shows were. Yeah, which. Man, as a child, I thought that was such a great idea. Ooh, The Simpsons is having a special. Right, yeah, yeah. My parents are like, don't 
structure your life around when shows are. We don't do that. Mm, no, like we largely did structured our lives around the television because oh man it's friday night the a team is on oh be to my house by seven and don't be late tgif it's tgif friday don't you know it's time to the one time where we can watch a bunch of television because it's all family friendly right (laughs) i look back on it now and i go boy what a sucker i was but also like how obvious is it that they that's what they were trying to do is just well, control everybody. And that's the thing. Pretty fucking obvious. They were broadcasting programming. Right. And for hundreds of years, broadcasting has been how we get our news. Right. And for decades and decades and decades, programming has been how they do broadcasts. And I really do believe that I was born just in time to see the pinnacle of socialized control Mm. because when the television was the ultimate source of news was the peak of programming it was the very top of spoon feeding everyone information about reality and and it still attempts to right like the baby oh, yeah. the baby boomers for sure are all completely addicted to television very few of them uh, get their in or seek their in, own information out uh, using oh, the internet some of them literally don't believe weather information unless it comes from a TV oh, a certain person on their TV right I mm-hmm. only get my weather from like Greg Donovan of W blah 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 right right whatever station they're watching right right yeah. Well, I mean, that's exactly the the it's the vulnerability in the system to, you know, use programming jargon for a second that that exists in the human emotional context. Like you should have an access point to human beings that you regularly interact with. You should give human beings that you choose to interact with regularly access to your perception of reality so when they make this fake version of a human being that you regularly choose to interact with that's how they hack our system Hmm. so here's greg with the weather i i hope that more people wake up. I really do. I mean, that's one of the reasons we're doing this show. It's one of the reasons we do the other show. You know, if not the reason. I did not have access to anything like what we're doing here on Beard Talk Live or Free Talk Live or anything with the LRN, you know, any any of those podcasts. Right? There I didn't have access to this information. This is all new information for me over the last you know, decade or so, right? But, like, right. I'm 50. So, for most of my life, didn't have access to this information. And all of a sudden, this tsunami of fucking philosophy comes rolling through the fucking internet one day. And I, I caught wind of it. And I just sort of hooked into it and grabbed on. I'm like, whoa, this shit's fucking awesome. And also, like, it answered so many fucking questions for me, right? Like, like this whole illusion, everybody else, like, they, they think government has to run the economy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what is the economy? The economy is people trading. 
Oh, you mean with each other? Yes. So then why does the government need to run that? I don't know, right? Nobody can explain why the government needs to run the economy. It doesn't. But they know it will all go to shit if they don't. <laughs> okay, won't. The government must run it or societal order will break down. Government is unnecessary. The only reason that you're not stabbing me in the throat right now is because someone in a uniform will put you in a cage if you do. It's, no, it's that's, unnecessary. So going to try and work through this idea with you for a second. So what they have fed us is actually true if every single human being is a fucking sociopath. So if every single human being were a total and complete sociopath, then it would only be the fact that they might get arrested that keeps them from, say, stabbing me when they feel like it. Yeah, I, I don't buy that. I have stabbed as many people as I have wanted to for my whole life, and that amount of people is zero. Well, I envy you both of those things. I mean, there's been times when I'm like, man, I think somebody needs to get stabbed, right? But I've never actually done any stabbing, right? Sometimes you see somebody do a thing, you're out in pub, like, it might even be somebody you don't even know, and you're like, wow, that guy's lucky he didn't get stabbed right there. I have no idea what your lived experience is like, because, for example, when I see politicians, I really want to stab them. I feel a little Irish. I mean, yeah. there are exceptions, surprisingly enough, especially representatives in New Hampshire, because there's like 400 of them. So a bunch of them are actually human beings. But Don Baldock, for example. I don't know. So he's the uh, Republican option for Senate. Okay. And he's a complete warmonger. No. Oh. So he's really a politician. Yeah. 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 So he is such a warmonger that his Democratic opponent is not more of a warmonger than him. And now, now I have to pick. Am I going to vote for the libertarian candidate I like voting for? Or am I going to vote for the Democratic candidate because I'm more likely to survive the outcome? (laughs) This is why I don't vote. This is this is why because I there's no reason for me to make that decision. There's no reason. No, there really is. No, there is a really good reason for you to make that decision. Look, they're both going to do their brand of fucking tyranny, right? Because you can't change the system from the inside. You can have an effect on it, but you're not going to change it, right? Mm. Hopefully, you can change it enough to where like. You know, we could be like, okay, we're out of here. Secession. Right? So. I love the idea of secession. So I think that's one of the the trickery points about uh, how to behave in civilization. Yeah. So you learn that you should become richer, right? Become more wealthy. But there's really a cutoff point as far as happiness. and, And this is specifically documented. Cutoff point for what? So you, as you get richer and richer, you will get happier and happier until a specific point. And every bit of wealth past that point, you get less and less happy. Oh, I don't know about that. Okay, but that's what the I research must not have reached. I must not have reached that point yet. <laughs> right. Well, 
here's what it is. When you don't have to worry about anything. That's the point. Don't have to or like, like sometimes I don't worry about things because I just don't want to, right? Like this particular Senate race, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm just going to. And you c- don't have to. Continue living my life and, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to, I don't want to become a guy who's like a political nerd, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to become that guy. That's not me. I don't, you know, I don't want to compare, you know, one, it's like, no, like, Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? <laughs> like the only winning move is not to play, in my opinion. And mm. so I don't, you know, um, and that's my choice, right? And hopefully uh, if you're a voluntarist, uh, not you specifically, anybody listening is a voluntarist, hopefully you're like, that's cool. He can have his opinion and, uh, you know, that's fine. Well, one of the most beautiful moments I ever experienced in public school was seeing the phrase, I disagree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Yeah. And that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. I I, think you're wrong. I'm there too. I think you are dangerously mistaken about that. And yet, I want more than anything for you to explore that. I want you to be allowed to explore that without a boot on your neck. Right. And what a wacky scenario this is. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one thing for sure about the trolley problem. The problem is the person who set up the trolley. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the trolley, there'd be no trolley problem. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, How do you solve all of the problems of government? By solving government. By not having one. That's the solution. If you don't have one, you have none of the problems. And it's like really that simple. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if mankind actually got together and was like, hey, uh, this is how we all want to uh, interact with each other from now on. Do you think they'd come up with what they have today? No, they fucking wouldn't. Everybody would look. If somebody came to you today and was like. I've got a great idea. Yeah. Let's um, let's forcibly impose our will upon a population, extracting wealth from them, uh, just a percentage so that they still you know, sort of go about their lives. And, uh, you know, if they get out of line, we'll have to kill some of them. And uh, in order to keep the game going, we're, we're going to have to murder some people in some other villages. And th- that's okay, because we'll use some of the citizens to do that. <laughs> well, Would you be like, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do that, Captain. Well, I'll tell you what would help. <laughs> if they said, hey, instead of having this one particular person who has all of the power. Yeah. Instead of that, let's exactly what you described. What's the percentage that's going to go, wait a second, couldn't we do neither of those? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess, the thing that, that I've learned from the aforementioned tsunami of, of philosophy that, that I caught wind of, uh, you know, in the more sort of mid-section of the age of the internet that we've had thus far. Uh, the, what I caught wind of was, I don't know, just the ability to think it through, mm. you know, and ask the question, well, what if we just didn't do that? Mm. <laughs> well. when, it, when it comes to the organization known as government, like, oh, my God, if you look at the outcome 
of of having an organization known as government. If you look at what it actually, what is its GDP, right? It's murder, it's theft, and and that's really about it, right? <laughs> murder and theft. What does it really export? Murder and theft. Murder and theft. It's yeah. it's what it does. Uh, and intimidation. Well, okay, coercion. Yeah. Right, so threats. Man, mind right, games really like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Really good at threats. Oh, yeah. And it's greedy as fuck. The best threats. Right. The best. You take any of the sins and apply it to government, it's guilty of all of them. Right? And it exports. Yes. So then, and it, it, my biggest problem with it is that it exists in violation of consent. Yeah. That makes it a rapist. Yes. Might be strong words, but... I I think they're applicable. The difference between government and charity is rape. So, (laughs) yeah. So, a government helps the poor by murdering children. Right. Yeah. And stealing from people. Right. 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 If it does even, in fact, help the poor. No, it does. It does. Maybe. I mean, it hurts them much more than it helps them. <laughs> of course. I, yeah. So it, it exists. How are they supposed to keep requiring our help? Once I had what the epiphany. What do you have as a use for my crotch if I don't break your leg? Yeah. Once I had the epiphany that it violates consent, I was like, motherfucker, the whole goddamn thing's illegitimate. The whole goddamn thing. And so then you just have to stew on that for, I don't know, a week or something. Like, well, that's not an epiphany that, like, came to me lightly, right? I didn't just one day start stew saying on that. that. That's the problem. I, I looked at the Why evidence and went, Why did you oh, decide fuck. to stew on that? That's the question. I was just in shock. Because you could have, like, pretended you didn't know that. No, I was just in shock. I'm like, holy fuck. Is, it, is that really true that? Fuck, it really is. Like, I just had to, like, sit with the idea that it was really true. So why didn't you go, that can't be true? Because I saw the evidence and it was overwhelming. You could have ignored it. I mean, I could have chosen not to go find the evidence. Yes, that's true. But I don't know that I could have found the evidence, had the epiphany, and then been like, no, I didn't. You could have gone, nah, (laughs) that's a conspiracy theory. Uh, no. You could have dismissed it. Okay. Why didn't you? Because it wasn't true. Mm. I, I'd i be lying if I said it, it, it wasn't true. In my assessment, right? I'm trusting myself to make a judgment based on the evidence. Well, I'm sure that there is something. Instead of that what, is was true, it, what, what, what that I was you programmed are to believe. Instead of what I was programmed to believe, right? So it did go counter to my programming, yes. Well, okay. I'm sure that there is something that you are dismissing that is true. I'm sure there's lots of things I'm dismissing that are true. Right. So why did you choose not to dismiss that? Uh, I I don't think that that was a choice. That's not a choice that went through my mind. It's not a choice. I I felt I had no choice but to believe it. Mm. Right. Because there it was. It was like so, I'm like, oh my fucking God. How have I not seen, 
Do you remember there used to be these like hidden picture things that you'd get in mm-hmm. books and you'd have to stare at it and stare at it and stare at it. And if you stared at it long enough, you would finally see a picture revealed to you that was even in like 3D or whatever if you stared at the thing the right way. That's how I felt with this epiphany. I saw the evidence and I went, oh, fuck, I see the big picture now. Oh, the big picture is that, oh, it's just like any other system, right? Because I've been in technology. If you look at the output, you figure out what the system was designed to do, mm-hmm. right? Systems don't continue operating for hundreds of years because they're faulty, <laughs> right? Right. So the system is working exactly as it has been engineered to work. It's just that we've all been programmed to think that it's operating uh, in some sort of a charitable way, and it's not. It might give well, a little charity here and there just to make you think it. But if you look at the big picture again. Well, and anyone who's seen a, a CSI show yeah. knows that you leave evidence behind whenever you do a thing. So if the output is this little doll that has a seam on this crease, the reason that there's a seam there is because of part of the process. And right. you can reverse engineer part of the process because here's a clear seam. So, oh, there must have been a thing that made that. So if what this is putting out is ignorance, slavery, stupidity, misery, well, some portion of this is the product and some portion of this is the byproduct. But we should be able to try to have, or just not do that, to have... right. Let's just not have that type of organ. It's the only organization on planet Earth that violates consent. Every other organization type does not violate consent. So this is kind of my my personal version of Spooner's either or. Okay. So Spooner said either it didn't stop this or it made it happen. Right. So my either or, either human misery is a necessary byproduct of this system or human misery is what this system is designed to create. In either case, we have a moral imperative to destroy it. Hmm. Hmm. Right, because just as an organization that violates consent, it it doesn't deserve to exist. And... It is in an evolutionary circumstance. It has to keep recreating itself, and it has to keep adapting to an environment. And the thing is, you get better and better at that. So if this is designed to create human misery, or if creating human misery is simply a necessary component of it, either way, it's going to get better and better at it. And, and it has, too. Uh, it sure has. A, a lot of people think that, oh, well, the United States is so young. Maybe. Right? Maybe in a number of years. But in the just the sheer amount of time that it took to go from n- nothing to the largest empire the world has ever seen. Like, a couple hundred years. That's pretty fucking fast. Yes, right? it is. Considering how old, well, all the other countries are. Mm, sure, fucking is. Right. You know, I mean, England is so ancient it, as fuck, right? Spain. So, right? 
either there's something that's making this happen or this just happens. Either way, we got to do the same thing because, okay, it only took a couple centuries for us to, like, what, 250 years, give or take, yeah. for us to get here? Okay, so either there is something much older and bigger making that happen or things just happen faster. Either way, our response is the same. That's true. And hopefully with the, the speed and the pickup in the curve of technology, right? We're how many generations into the internet now? Two, three? What do you consider generation 10, 15 years? Right. I usually think of 20. Okay. So we're at least a couple generations in. Like kids are growing up yeah. and becoming adults who have never not known the internet. Well, there's going to be kids that have never not known cryptocurrency. Right. Right. Uh, by the time it's time for parents to teach those children like what a bank account is and how to balance your checkbook like it's they're going to be why do I need any of that I've got crypto right well <laughs> and, and they're right those, and they're right it's one of those where like i remember working out the flow chart for how to deal with an app right yeah. and I, I i figured that out because Mostly because people older than me said, hey, I don't know how to work this. Can you work it? No. And I don't know the answer to that question. I have to try to find out whether I can work it or not. Right. So I, I developed the flow chart about like, you know, looking for the like, let's see, file, system, edit. Like there's a flow chart for figuring out a, a new app, sure. right? And that was kind of obvious from the get-go, there's going to be a flowchart for this generation in working with cryptocurrency yeah. that they probably won't even be able to articulate until much later right. that I literally can't even imagine. That's amazing. And it's moving fast, man. It is moving fast. The the power that the next generation is going to have in terms of working with value itself is like nothing I could have imagined. And the opportunity to replace bureaucracy and even give choice in uh, such in a menu style of options for the things you do currently rely upon government to do because they claim some monopolies on some things mm -hmm. like wastewater mm -hmm. right like government we we will run the sewers like that's, I that's a weird and one. only i shall handle your pee pee poo poo yeah for some reason they want to know none other shall put their hands into your defecation yeah, but they want your hands in it or their hands in it sorry. and there's a loan Right, but that like that's creepy. <laughs> right? No other conveyance for your urine will be acceptable. Now, that's not necessarily true. That's in cities and town or cities specifically. Uh, in rural areas, like a lot of folks have septic systems. Okay, so. in rural areas, the only difference is no one's fucking looking. Right. That's really the difference between oh well, I went over to that bush and peed, versus oh. Well, I went over to that bush and peed, and now I'm a sex offender. 
Yeah. What's the difference? Well, the location. No one was looking. Right, yeah. And also in the city, there's a lot more politicians that are likely to be there. So they really need to hide their sex offenders among a bunch of people who have been claimed to be sex offenders. The, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, what were we talking about right before that? <laughs> I wanted to get back oh, to the uh, point. Uh, we were talking about that uh, this generation is going to have some unbelievable opportunities. Yeah, uh, All of the functions of a bank will be at your disposal. Right. Yeah, that 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 was one of the things like uh with the uh the uh German people that were you know gather, that were researching and gathering information for their podcast is like how do I know this will work? Well, you see, there's this very specific function mm-hmm. that it takes banks days or weeks to complete. Yep. I personally can complete that function with significantly higher security yep. within 10 minutes if I want to do it the expensive and slow way. Right. But the expensive and slow way has more security than we have ever had for anything ever. Yep. Literally. Yep. Nothing has ever been this secure in the history of humankind. So the banks can do this in weeks. If I don't feel like having more security than anything has ever had, then I can do it that quick yeah. for less than a penny. And you can do it a hundred uh, ways. Anywhere on planet Earth. Anywhere Near. on planet Earth. Yeah. As long as you got a cell phone and access to Wi Fi or data plan. You know, even, and, you know, I mean, that could be satellite, right? I mean, the internet is pervasive now. Yeah. I don't know how much of the globe doesn't have internet access, but it's getting smaller every day. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that very few people see coming is the ascension of Africa. So the financial center has moved in a very specific pattern around the world. Yeah. And it looks like that is going to move to China, but it's not. Where that's going is it's finally making the full circle. And when it makes the full circle, it goes literally everywhere. And when it goes literally everywhere, the place that is most changing is the place that was at the bottom. Okay. So Africa has the least access to banks on Earth, short of Antarctica or the Arctic Circle. Right. But they have access to phones. I mean, you can find a flip phone just about anywhere in Africa. Right. And uh, you don't need uh, what we call physical infrastructure. Right. Because you can just airdrop no pun intended, uh, a solar-powered relay for the cell phone tower, right? Uh, Just airdrop one of those into anywhere, right? Really. Really anywhere. Yeah. You know, a couple guys rappel down some ropes, secure it to the ground, right? Point the panels and fire it up and go. You know, so now you've got cell phone towers across Africa, Mm -hmm. right? And they will be the first generation to have 
uh, sort of eliminated uh, ground structure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, infrastructure, right? As far as networking is concerned, everything. Yeah, we will had to be do wireless. telegraph wires, and then the right. telegraph wires became telephone wires. Then the telephone wires carried the internet, and I mean, very clunky infrastructure. Very. And we were already at the top. America was already at the forefront of technology when it invented telephone wires. Right. Whereas with wireless technology, they skip all of that. They just leapfrog the entire process. And and, and that's always been the case with new technologies. The further you are from the monopoly, the more you have to gain from the destruction of monopoly. Fact. So right now, the furthest from the banking system is Africa. But it has this tremendous population. It does. And, I mean, it'll be a minute because right now we have to go through the process of shifting over. So the the depression that the entire world's about to be in economically is literally like nothing we've ever seen. Right. But what follows it is equally like nothing we've ever seen. And one one of the features of that... So getting back to like tangible experiential reality is one of the things that we are going to need to do because we are in a very abstract world. Okay. I mean, for example, for most people in a practical sense, food comes from the grocery store. Right. And very few people have tracked it even a single step beyond that. For some people, it just shows up at their door. I mean, <laughs> one of the one of the things that they that they train the FBI to look for is if people are gardening, because if they're gardening, they might be libertarians, <laughs> and libertarians, as we all know, are domestic terrorists. And 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 that says a lot about the reality of society today. Yeah. That gardening, yeah, is a thing that they look for. Yes. Documentedly, also, verifiably. Also, back to the grocery thing for just a second. Like some people, yeah, you know, they think food comes from the grocery store. Some people mm-hmm. get their groceries delivered to their front door. Some people don't ever go shopping. Uber Eats exists. Restaurants exist. Some people never go shop, or very rarely do. Think of all the things you can buy online, Amazon, food, that kind of thing. comes from my fingertips. Yeah. Oh, you go over to the station and you type in what you want and it shows up at your door. That's wizardry the likes of which mankind has never seen. (sighs) That is disconnection from reality the likes of which humanity has never survived. Uh, And I think that that's one of the things that we're going to desire. I really think that we move too far in one direction and deeply we sense that and we desire to go the other direction. And usually we move a little too far in the other direction, but not as far as we were last time we were in this direction. And that's how we go. And right now we are way, way abstract and disconnected from nature and reality. And if you have a garden you at least know what it's like to see a vegetable grow. Okay. 
So you have more connection to your source of sustenance mm. than anyone who's never seen a vegetable grow. Right. I mean, there really is an appreciation that that happens yeah. that you can't duplicate in any other way. Yeah, once you do a thing, right. then, yeah. Right. When you've seen exactly the rate at which snap peas grow yeah. and then pulled one off and put it into your mouth as fresh as can be. They're delicious. Like, and number I don't really one. I like peas, but, yeah. Number one, you, right? Sugar snaps fresh off. Yeah, crispy. Like, Maybe a little cold morning. You know, yeah, jump, jump. I mean, it's not my favorite ordinarily, but man, when it's fresh, it's fresh yeah. like that. And I mean, sure, I could I could use complicated scientific terms to describe the enzymes that you are chemically sensing and which nervous structure is sensing that, that yeah. that's not the truth of it. The truth of it is, you know, exactly what something that is alive tastes like and you know exactly what it takes in terms of effort and time for food to exist. And you may not know everything yeah. about it, but you at least have one point of reference. I don't know, dude. I think I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, have a garden and then my robots are going to tend to it and do everything for me. Cool. Now, no, I, don't, I, I don't have these robots yet, but you know, my backyard garden, man, if I had one, I'd be engineering the shit out of that. You know, I, I don't have one. I buy my produce at the grocery store, but like if I were growing my own produce, I would have, you know, some sort of a rack system, some sort of a, you know, an aquatic uh, self-watering platform, you know, like I, that's the kind of ship that I would so run. So solar powered aquaponics? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I honestly believe that that's what we're headed toward. Yeah. So A, solar powered aquaponics, which uh, for the listeners... Uh, aquaponics is uh, both uh, plant and animal, uh, both uh, pooping fish yeah. and plants that feed off of fish poop. Yes. Right. So uh, algae predominantly. But uh, so here's the thing. I think we're going to have solar powered aquaponics and we're going to have chemical printers. Ooh, chemical printers. Mm hmm interesting right like i already know that the ability to grab you know a, a couple 3d printers and take them to a location with the appropriate amount of plans and material that you can build a, a house a, a warehouse even you can build a large garage uh just you know that is possible today Mm -hmm. nobody's doing it right? right there's like a handful of people who are like yo my company's gonna be this where this is what we do and so they're prototyping and you know they're in their beta stages they're launching their businesses uh that kind of a thing so but it's possible to be done mm -hmm. it's possible but their plans already exist for these things so you know you, you get some sort of uh you know i don't know some cement sort of something that's like a cement 3d printer mm -hmm. you know or something that prints uh foam Right? Oh my gosh, dude! All of a sudden, bam! You you just print off what you need. You can go anywhere. So like the the house printers that they have. These That's what days. I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so the difference is that you don't have to drag a whole bunch of heavy equipment to your location, right? You only need to drag whatever the material is that you're going to print with, right? And and the printers. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't have to clear a driveway. You could just find like a, a meadow on, you know, 30 acres of land that's never had a, a vehicle touch it and like, you know, airdrop some 3D printers in there and some people and build a structure. Hmm. Nice. I think that's a cool idea. I like it. I think it should be done. I also well, like the idea of uh, marrying the solar powered aquaponics with the concept of the Earthship. Right. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I think that like it's an answer that we need and we cannot have while government is in the way. Oh, the what Earthships? kind right. of structure do we work with? Right. Until we have all of the restrictions out of the way, we will not know which format of. Uh, I mean, and and I expect that it's it's climate dependent, right? So. Different parts of the world will respond better to different structures. But I think there will be some structures which are useful in every climate. And we literally cannot know which is which until government gets the fuck out of the way. Agreed. And, I mean, everyone wants to solve the homeless problem, right? I mean, every decent human being with a soul wants there to not be homeless people who don't want to be homeless, right? Yeah. Well, we can't ever have that until you get the fuck out of the way of people who are building shitty houses. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah, regulations makes them shitty and it 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 what it does is it disincentivizes innovation, which is all of the problems that the the earthships had uh and still do. Right. Uh, except for in the little place that the government said, OK, well, you can experiment here now. Mm. They had to like sort of win their their own reservation, if you will, in which to conduct their their kooky Earthship experiments. For those of you who don't know what an Earthship is, it is a self-sustaining house. Right? If you think of a house as a thing that you own and a place that you go and you live your life in, uh, it is a house, but it lives uh, in cooperation with the Earth. And that it is mostly made of earth. Uh, it is solar powered. It is. Uh, it collects all of its own rainwater. It is its own water filtration system. It is a, a garden. It is a, a waste treatment facility. Uh, it heats itself and cools itself. Uh, it. It is. They. They are sort of location dependent right now, but they. They're coming out with more and more stuff. These guys, man. We're like to add a little bit of specificity. Yeah. The the usual way of making an earth ship is to dig into the earth instead of building upon it. Well, yeah. Well, so the earth ships in particular, what they do is they take a uh, recycled uh, or old tires. That is and, the easiest and, and they, uh, most and, common way of making them. And yeah. they, and they pound them full of earth. Mm-hmm. And then those are sort of the, the walls, the internal structure of the earth ship itself. And then the rest of it is sort of you know built around that. Uh, and they do, they give classes on this stuff. You can, you know, buy a week of training, go help and go build one or participate in building one. Um, you know, I, I'm not up to that kind of a task. I, you know, that's something I want to pay somebody to do. Right. Right. Like, you know, yeah, I bought this piece of land and you know, how much for you to come out and build me an earthship? You know, that's kind of the thing I want to do. I think that'd be great. But marrying that with uh, solar powered aquaponics. Right. Right. So now all of a sudden you've decentralized produce. <laughs> right. If you think of it, yeah. Like even if just 
a few people get, have these Earth ships. They're literally self-sustaining. They are. I don't know why uh, it, they're not more popular amongst libertarians because they're. You talk about gardening and how like that's a thing and like raising your own. You know, I mean, you have to have land to have like pigs and chickens and stuff like that. But like you could do that with an Earth ship, except now you're completely off grid, so you're free. Right, your electricity is free, quote unquote. It's a solar system. Well, I can tell you why this isn't more popular with local libertarians is because land taxes. Yeah, that's true. You have to pay land taxes in order to have land. You have to have land in order to have an earth ship. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. You know, that's what I should do. I should just buy some land and see if I can hire some guys to build me an earth ship. That sounds awesome. I wonder if I can, you know, I wonder that if I can is, bullshit that is my way into that That is what should have happened to Grafton. You know? So, I mean, I don't know a great amount about Grafton. I haven't read the book about the bear and the hippie. But uh, what should have happened there was definitely Earth ships. So, like, okay, great. You had a bunch of libertarian hippies mm -hmm. who showed up with uh, not much of a plan. Right. Okay. Well, what should have happened there was, say, for example, someone who had already gotten into crypto because that is Definitely some of us yep. should have gone, hey, hippies, what do you think about Earth ships? Found maybe the most knowledgeable one to head up a project and be like, hey, here's some land. And hell, if they were especially clever, they could have gotten like an extra loan from the government and been like, hey, <laughs> this is a research project. <laughs> Get a government grant to right? build your libertarian utopia. You know, <laughs> it's easier than it sounds because they are handing out uh, educational grants left and right. You just got to phrase it right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to find yourself a grant writer, which right? is a, a career. That's true. That's a career title. Grant writer. One who writes and petitions the government for money because that's where grants. I mean, I guess there's private grants, too, but yeah. I guess it's the majority of them coming from the government. That's my guess. I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. I've done zero research. Me and my crack team of, well, me. <laughs> so, I'll tell you. One of the things that being a libertarian puts in the most fog, that dude in the question mark suit, or was an exclamation mark suit, I will get you money from the government! Oh, yeah. Is he a villain or a hero? <laughs> On the one hand, he's assisting the theft of millions of dollars. On the other hand, he's getting regular people to have some of their money back. Right. It, I think it's like anything Robin else. Hood I think it's like anything else. It's a tool. What are mm. you going to use it for? Mm. Right. What's your intent? Okay. Well, then you should vote. Why? If those rules are consistent. Then it depends on what you use your tool for. Which rules? I didn't say voting was a tool. I said if you vote, you're a tool. <laughs> That's not what I said. Uh, so what voting are you is not a tool. What are you comparing the mechanic of voting to? Uh, I was comparing the mechanic of voting to the mechanic of getting money from the government. Oh, the exclamation point guy. Yeah. Yeah. Lesko or whatever his name was. <laughs> Let's go. I'm pretty sure it's like Gary Lesko or it wasn't, something. It wasn't previously on, that's for sure. 
I made it that was up. for sure not previously on. Yeah. Um, I I don't think the two mechanics are similar. Uh, one is uh, giving you the illusion of choice. The other one is a choice that you can choose not to make. You can choose not to get money from the government at all. The mechanics are completely different between the two. Whereas voting is like... Well, a, hold on, hold on. You can choose not to get money from the government, and you can choose not to vote. Both, yes. Right. E, all of the above. The, these are things I'm choosing. Okay. But you just said that with getting money from the government, it's how you use the tool, not the tool itself. No, you were asking, uh, is the exclamation guy a hero or not? Or a villain. Or a villain. It depends on his intent. And given the dress code, his he's intent. obviously one or the other. <laughs> well, which one is he, though? <laughs> That's the question. And you said, well, it's just a tool, so it depends on what the intent is. I meant his intent. Okay. Not So voting isn't a fictional character. <laughs> okay. Right, whereas this guy is. So when I vote, I have an intent. Is that equally important to his intent with getting people money from the government? No. Why? Uh, his intent is to make a living. No? It's not his intent? I'm out. <laughs> is that... Where did Peakless go? What have you done? I hope you're proud of yourselves. It is about time for us to end the program. I, I want to take us out, of course, with a song, as I am wont to do. Uh, I have a very particular song from a band that I'm a big fan of. This is uh, Show Some Love, Tear It Down by Suicidal Tendencies.